0: You are listening to the Superpod HeroCast, a Night Shift Radio production.
1: Hello, TSPHC Army. This is Casey coming to you from the editing bay after recording the episode you're about to listen to. Uh, This episode has a mass shooting moment in it, and this was recorded long before the last major mass shooting in texas uh, there have been a couple since then but um, that one was a school as it is in this movie Wanted to give a little listener discretion there and also this episode has a character that attempts to take their own life a few times during the film um, suicide is nothing to joke about we try and stay light with it but it is a serious uh issue If you're looking for a permanent solution to a temporary problem, there is help available. The suicide hotline number has been updated to be very easy to remember. It is 988. Those three numbers could keep you here, and that is better for everyone who loves you. Enjoy the episode. Hey, kids. Remember the late 80s? Remember when it was okay to say an F-slur in a movie? It was, yeah. Multiple... Twice? Uh jeez homophobia abounds in this movie
0: it is very much a product of the late 80s cocaine and all
1: or mel gibson
0: no 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 Oh, hello hello,
1: and welcome to the super pod hero cast
0: guys with beers talking about movies with capes
1: Patreon bonus mild movie <laughs> milestones. I'm Casey Ryan
0: <laughs> and I'm Todd panic and we, and we watched, watched lethal weapon.
1: Oh, yes one
0: Yes, lethal weapon the, the first of a franchise. That's right. Oh boy. Uh, so let, let's get a couple of disclaimers out of the way now so one serious one that we're gonna clearly throw some shit around. The first one, Riggs, Mel Gibson's character is suicidal. The psychologist mm. throws around the term psychotic. You know, he's called crazy. So that is made well, I wouldn't say it's made light of, but it's in this. We're not going to uh, he's not a real person. This isn't a real story.
1: In the 2022 lens, it's made light of. Sure, I bet you in 1987, seven, seven. seven. Yep. Oh, geez. Either either way, they're like, wow, we're being cutting edge and acknowledging this this poor man's pain. You know, it was doing something at the time, but looking at it now, we're like, yeah. I mean, oh, as much as I hate to bring up the television show. Never saw
0: it. Never. He did
1: a much better job with Riggs on there. He went to see a psychologist. Yeah. Every week, she was a serious character. I mean, this is the only one in this in the franchise where she's taken seriously. She is pretty much the butt of jokes. The rest of the franchise. Y- yeah, it's, it,
0: it's a slow role, and then by by four, she's just flat out like a comical character. One hundred percent. it's rough. Y- yeah. You know, I would suggest sadly while our society may treat mental illness better today than it did in 1987, um, you know, in all fairness, the law enforcement uh, career field, you know, arguably, while probably, well, while better than it was in 87, uh, is still a, a far cry from what we should do for the men and women who work in law enforcement. So um, I, you know, knowing close friends who who have been in that spot, uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're not making light of that, but certainly no. we're going to make light of this movie and and the humor and stuff within. Is that yeah, is that a, a fair? It's a
1: comedy take? podcast, so we
0: have to make fun of it. Yes. All right. So uh, is the other one the 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 <laughs> the, uh, the anti semite in the co- in the room? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! No,
0: listen, uh, clearly Mel Gibson has some problems. His behavior at times has been unacceptable, and I think we probably differ in uh, our take on who he is as a person today.
1: No, we both think he's a garbage person. What? You can just separate
0: it. More. No, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, all I know of him are his movies and what we saw, like when he was, you know, <laughs> recorded by his uh, baby mama or arrested for DUI.
1: Oh, so you've never seen the interview? Uh, first interview back, what was the movie he made? Edge of Darkness? Uh, probably. And someone was like, are you going to have trouble getting back into the limelight after your you know, controversy? And Mel was just like, what are you talking about? And calls him a prick at the end of the interview. So I'm like, no. Garbage person. I, Got it.
0: I did see that. Um, so oh I don't have an opinion on him as a human <laughs> being. I have no interaction with him as a human being. Only as a I I would performer.
1: say uh little less praying more sitting on a couch talking to a psychiatrist would probably help this man out.
0: Okay. Um a- as you point out, unlike Tom Cruise, I am able to separate uh, the actor from the art on this one. But again, that's a I think a very much an individual decision, so I'm fine with that. If you want to take shots, I got no problem with that. Uh but it but who he is as a person is not going to uh, coming to my take on this movie. But it, it certainly can for you. I'm not offended by that.
1: No, I, I, I think I got everything out of the way in the cold open, saying that I think uh, <laughs> a definitely one specific scene, there's an F-slur drop that feels like it's an ad lib.
0: Uh, it very well could be. I, again, let, different time. I, <laughs> it,
1: dear audience, don't take this the wrong way. I hope it was. I hope Shane Black didn't write that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Okay, well, hey, listen, let's talk about this movie, which, uh, you know, this is a perfect movie. So I'm 16 when this movie comes out. And, you know, for a good part of my life, you know, Mel Gibson, specifically Riggs, defines cool for me. Oh, I watched the shit out
1: of yeah. these movies when I was a kid. <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah.
0: I, I, okay, I, I want to talk about this movie, but we got, we got, we got stuff to do. We, we, we got things we had yeah, to do in Yeah, well,
1: first and foremost, since we are...
0: Guys with beers talking about movies with capes.
1: What are we drinking? Uh, as you just heard, doing the What Are We Drinking drop, uh, my lovely wife found this beer for us uh, from, insert uh, big box store here, if you want us to unlock that big box store. We'd be happy to take some of your probably billions of dollars you have just laying around. Uh so she was shopping and she sent me a picture saying, Could you use this for a movie? Because she was thinking most superheroes hate themselves. <laughs> but instead, it uh, it works perfectly for this movie. So, so we're, we're drinking uh, Three's Brewing's I Hate Myself
0: an <laughs> India Pale Ale. Yes. Uh, I did a little dig in to find out about Three's Brewing because I wasn't familiar with them. Uh, so mm-hmm. they are a Brooklyn-based brewery known for crafting approachable beers that balance simplicity and complexity with a focus on lagers, hop-forward American ales, and mixed culture beers. Creativity mm-hmm. and respect for the craft of brewing are among their guiding principles. They take pride in introducing or reintroducing traditional styles to a new audience by applying a modern spin. So the tasting notes for this beer are jackfruit, pine resin, white grapefruit, Orangina Candied donut And peach It is 6.8% Alcohol By volume
1: Now I didn't know All that But you could also say That would make up What? A fruit basket <laughs> oh. Which is another term For A mentally unstable person oh. We did it guys well, We made it
0: That's a, that's pretty good man um, With y- those Yay Question mark <laughs> With those tasting notes I cannot wait To taste this mm-hmm. Oh.
1: It's better than whatever Riggs is drinking in the movie. I'll tell you that before I even try it.
0: Well, he's he's drinking Coors Light. Is he drinking Coors Light? I didn't want to yeah.
1: assume, but he, yes.
0: He's drinking Coors. Uh, Coors Light is his opening drink. <laughs> I thought it was Coors Banquet, but, I, but at one point you can see the label, and in positive it says Light, uh, or an L. Yeah, because I don't think... Did Banquet come in a can? Uh... I thought it was
1: just bottle because it's the champagne of beers.
0: Uh, isn't that no? The champagne or beers is Miller. I thought it was no. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, at one point, you know, in the scene where he's toying with killing himself, he's drinking Oof. something darker. That's gotta be. It's gotta be whiskey. I'm thinking, or yeah, some oh, dark yeah, liquor. Well, yeah. this has got an aggressive head on it. <laughs> oh
1: i hadn't noticed
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, okay so this is going to be a uh, pour in multiple batches drink okay well here you go buddy let's uh give this a shot cheers cheers
1: well that's just lovely
0: mm, yes that is Ooh, uh kudos to your wife please pass on my appreciation great choice with the beer yeah, good job,
1: Danny. Yeah, who will never listen to this episode. <laughs> I
0: know, right? Oh, is she not a Lethal Weapon fan?
1: <laughs> oh no, weirdly, no. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I watched this very alone. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go in a different room from everybody else. There's nothing in this movie anyone in this family needs to see.
0: <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm super excited to talk about this movie, and not just like what's in the movie, but you know, I would put forth that Lethal Weapon. Is responsible for this for the success of the buddy cop genre.
1: Oh, oh, a hundred percent.
0: Now it's it's not the first one, and I did a little bit digging. What are some buddy cop movies that came out before the nineteen eighty seven Lethal Weapon? And to be fair, we should point out Shane Black, who we've talked about um, a number Iron of times. Man Three, yeah. It, if you liked an action movie in the eighties, you saw Shane Black stuff. Um, he wrote the script for this in eighty five when he was, if I remember correctly, just out of college. Yes, he just graduated UCLA. Um, Yeah. So I did a little bit of digging. Um, What movies, so this is released in 87, what buddy cop movies come out before this? And here's, here's what a quick Google search shows me. And I've heard of one, two, three, four, five. I've heard of, I think, five, maybe six of the seven of these, and there's a, There's one in here that, well, two in here that are big hits, but so here, let's go into it. So 1974, you have the movie, um, uh, freebie and the bean, which is a, (laughs) yep. Sure. Uh, Who
1: doesn't know that classic?
0: Exactly. Uh, stars James Kahn and Adam Arkin. No, it can't be, can't be Adam Arkin. Alan. Alan Arkin, yeah. Sorry about that. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure Adam was even born even, yet. He, well, no, uh, it's seven, he was born. What yeah, born? 74? 74. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So freebie and the bean. Then in 82, you've got 48 hours. Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy. That's, I always forget that that came out first. Yeah, it, yeah. And that's 82. I mean, that's early. Um, 84. Uh, Eddie Murphy returns in Beverly Hills Cop.
1: In 1984. That's a, but that's a, I mean, that's more of a trio.
0: Yeah, he's, he is, yeah, there's, there's, there's not the parody that exists with Riggs and Murtaugh here, but, you know, I think it's fair to put it in that, you know, in that arena. Sure. Um, then in 84, you also have City Heat, which starred at that time two iconic action stars, Clint Eastwood and, Burt Reynolds, they are cops Jesus. in 1933 Kansas, you know, basically going up against gangsters, bootleggers, right? Wow. Um, in 1986, you get what is one of my favorite, like, cult buddy cop movies, Running Scared, starring mm-hmm. Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. I think we've talked about that before. Uh,
1: unfortunate blackface in that movie, but okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. That's a good point. Um, 1986, you also get... <laughs> This is this is not an action movie, but I guess if it's if you're saying buddy cop movie, it's a it's a comedy. Armed and Dangerous, John Candy and Eugene Levy. Do you remember that?
1: Yes, of course okay. I do. It's John Candy, and then who, oh, I, who I still miss to this day,
0: right? Um, and then in '87, the year that this movie comes out, uh, you've got you know I would say probably the. The explosive growth of a genre. You've got number one with a bullet, which starred Robert Carradine and Billy D. Williams. Oh. Lethal Weapon. Beverly Hills Cop 2. So the sequel three years after the first one. Um Stakeout. Do you remember that with Richard yeah, Dreyfus? With Richard
1: Dreyfus and um
0: Emilio Estevez.
1: Ro- Emilio Estevez, yeah. thank you. Yes.
0: Uh, and Rosie O'Donnell? Uh no. She might mm. have been in. Another stakeout. Was she
1: another stakeout? Yeah, because she w- wouldn't have been... I just know the, the big exciting thing in whichever one she's in, that when they break into a house,
0: she's like, oh, they have stickly furniture, and everyone in Syracuse went, oh, that's built where yeah, we live. That's right, that's right. Uh, and then finally, also in 87, you got a movie called The Hidden. I had not heard of it. It's sci-fi action, but like Hidden. cops. Yeah, it stars um, Kyle McLaugh- McLaughlin. So, um, but so... Uh, again this is kind of right at the beginning of this genre and even though there were some that come before it I mean I would mm-hmm. I'll make the argument right now there is no better execution of this genre
1: this becomes the blueprint definitely yep yep like we kind of get it with another 40 or with 48 hours like sure one's a hard ass one's kind of a loose cannon but the level that we have hard ass and loose cannon um in this movie is 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 pretty great, and also it's so interesting that I've never really noticed that Riggs and Murtaugh both fought in Nam. I never really put that together.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a good point, and and you know at, at this point it's close enough that it's totally feasible. Even though uh,
1: I think Mel's playing down his age, and. Uh, um, Danny's playing up his age. Yeah, so it, he's not fifty when this movie comes out.
0: Sure, sure, and he's very clearly because there's a birthday, you know, You're cake right. yep. in his yep. tub. It's his fiftieth. Yeah, um, so you know, for folks who don't remember history or weren't alive, uh, the Vietnam War ended in 1975. So this is essentially eleven years, twelve. Yeah, twelve. Oh, 12
1: years. years. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah,
0: so totally feasible, and it's, um, you know, Riggs has a line in the movie about. You know his reference to killing a man with a thousand-yard rifle shot in Laos clearly Mm -hmm. has got to be in that era. So he says, "I was nineteen when I made that shot." So if that's twelve years earlier, he's thirty-one in this. I mean, Mel Gibson looks older than thirty-one, but it's—I
1: can't remember it. Hang on,
0: yeah, keep talking. I'm gonna can't remember. I'm gonna
1: look up who how old he was in '86.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, you're right. Um, but, but you're right. They're, they're, they're almost opposite ends, right? So they're, they're both, they both fight in Nam and clearly they take two, well, where they are at 12 years later are in very different places, but we'll, we'll hint at it here. We'll learn more in the second movie, um, Riggs was not on a destructive path necessarily when he came out of Vietnam, right? We'll, we'll learn in the second movie. and
1: We kind of learn in this one that the reason he's on this destructive path is because his wife died.
0: Yes, yes, yes. It'll be- That's all we
1: get. His wife died in an accident. Sure, sure. Um, and, it's, it- and because we're probably never going to get to Lethal Weapon 2, mm-hmm. that is as far as the canon goes for us.
0: That, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um no no Krugerans, no no, uh, no diploma, diplomatic immunity. It's just been revoked. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good Murtaugh. Um yeah, I know, but am, am I allowed to do that? I, Is that doing a black voice? It's not, I don't it's it I I don't think that was black voice, that was Murtaugh voice. And you that were was, doing that a was person, Glover. not an ethnicity. And I think there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um but I, you know, I, I think actually you know all of the comedy and the action set pieces and the pacing, all of those are flawlessly done, but both Gibson and Glover are doing a phenomenal job acting, and I think that's what makes this movie so good, is that there's real things happening. Riggs is a man in pain, and although they will use the vernacular of the late 80s, you know, he's nuts, he's trying to draw a psychopension, all these things. The performance is really good, and I, I mean, I think it's I, 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 think it's I one have of his no best performances. With,
1: I have no problem with how Mel Gibson portrays Riggs in the first three Lethal Weapons.
0: Yeah, yes, agree, agree. Lethal Weapon 4 it feels like fanfic. I mean. Sure, sure. It's not it's not very good. I I I'm not going I'm not going to argue that. You know, I growing up on these movies, I wat, I went to the theater to see 4 and I walked out and I said that was a Lethal Weapon movie and I think I've just seen the last one. And you know, uh,
1: I yeah, well, they're trying to make a 5th right now with Mel directing it and I
0: no. Oh. So let's let's pivot then. So we talked about Shane Black the writer. The director of course is the amazing the late great
1: the late, Richard Donner. Yes. Now, God, I remember it was announced they were working on five, and Donner was going to come out of retirement. And I was like, I don't want this to happen at all. And then he passed. I was like, Well, that's not what I meant, universe. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. How I didn't,
0: fucking <laughs> dare you?
1: <laughs> I didn't mean for that. I just don't make a fifth lethal weapon. <laughs> like, like, tragically befell both this and the other uh, Christmas franchise, uh, Die Hard. Yep in the fact that they were going to make a John McClane movie called John McClane. It was going to bounce back and forth from modern John McClane in some incident. And then a younger person playing John dealing with something when he was younger and everybody went, wait, the first big thing that happened to him was Nakatomi tower. He was just a beat. He was just a detective before that, you know, he's a beat cop. Uh, it's, it would be stupid to put him in a situation. And I was like, nobody wants this. And now sadly, Uh, Bruce Willis has come out that he has to retire because he's losing his memory and speech.
0: Yeah. uh, Uh, Aphasia. I think it's aphasia. It's
1: super, super depressing that that happened to him. So again, nobody wanted it that way. Nobody. Sure. Nobody wanted the movie not to happen by a tragedy befalling one of its actors. Like
0: Uh, hard. Agree. Um, Now, interesting. So Richard Donner, obviously we gushed over him in Superman, right? And Superman Mm -hmm. two. Um, do you know his other than the fact that he directs this? Do you know the other connection he has to this movie this franchise? To the, to lethal weapon? Yeah. No, I guess do, I don't. Do you know who his cousin is?
1: Hi- oh, it's the guy. It's a it's the uh, the chief. Yes. yes. So Steve, who's in all of his movies, yes.
0: Steve Kahan is his cousin. And- He's the cop that gets killed in Superman the movie.
1: Yes, that the the thing pushes yep. out and kills it. That's right.
0: Uh, he's so he he plays Captain Mur- uh, Murphy, their commander. Uh, he's mm-hmm. in all of these. He does. He, he's got forty two acting credits. Um, y- you're right. He's in the Richard Donner ones in um, Maverick. That Richard Donner directed. I was
1: just gonna tell the th- yeah when he goes to stand up and the chair goes with him yeah. and they just left it in the movie. because yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Richard's pro- probably like you're my cousin. I don't give a shit. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like him, but he you know he looks like what I expect a police captain to look like. He and, and he's 100%. perfect, right? <laughs> and he's kind of nondescript
1: in this movie. He gets better in two and then in three and i think unfortunately becomes nondescript again in four yeah if i remember correctly he's not in all, like pretty much in four he's there to promote them to captains
0: it, it, right right and he's right. like all right oh well i'm done goodbye everybody yeah. <laughs> no need for me they're captains thanks. now so, so you've got the check right so the checks in my trailer yeah, I'll, just check, I'll just pick check, up the check on the way Dick, out okay, the good. check so yeah, yeah, okay. yeah okay i'll
1: perfect. see you i'll see you family thanks
0: perfect perfect um all right, so that's our that's our writer, our director. Uh, anything you want to talk about in terms of production? Well,
1: uh, I thought you were going uh, somewhere else with the hmm. Richard Donner uh, angle and the fact that uh, if it were not for Richard Donner, we would not have the MCU.
0: Go on,
1: Richard. Uh, Mister Kevin Feige was Richard and Lauren Donner's assistant on X Men. And by the time they got to X-Men 3, he went, This is not how comic book movies should be made. And pretty much so the story goes, Dick Donner was like, Well, make your own kid. Wow. And thus was born Iron Man.
0: That you know, if he didn't deserve it for everything else he's done, slow clap for Mr. Donner. Thank you, sir. Yeah,
1: I mean, he he is he is Hollywood royalty. I mean, (laughs) and he's like our childhood.
0: Yeah, right. Like We've already, goonies, you know, yeah, Goonies to Lethal Weapon to Superman. I mean, holy shit, right? Uh, I, you uh, know, G- oh,
1: uh, 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 so again, much like we did with Superman 2, yep, we watched the director's cut of this,
0: yes, 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 yes.
1: And I can't wait to talk about those scenes that I believe you have seen for the first time that happened in this movie.
0: So I realized I did have a digital copy, which was easier for me to watch on my computer. So there was oh, great. definitely one scene, which actually the shooter, raised, the, active raised shooter. the introduction. Yeah, which I, when I'm watching this. I'm like, I've never seen this scene before.
1: It's so cool,
0: isn't it? Is. it? Yeah, I. It, it, I mean, it's it's horrifying. It's, it's yes, yes, yes. We're gonna
1: the rest of the episode when we say cool, we're probably mean horrifying, yeah. but it's cool.
0: The, things that no one should go through in real life, but for an action movie, I'm a hundred percent in.
1: Right? For an '80s action yeah. movie, who gives a shit? <laughs> That's right. Uh, I actually have some almost cast. Oh, laid on me. Um, hang on, let me pull it up. Um. So I have, in our five years doing this podcast, yeah. I have realized that uh, sometimes people just throw giant lists together. <laughs> uh, I have a list here of uh, 20 names, and I'm not going to read them all. Okay. I'm just going to go through the ones where there's actual stuff about them, because huh. I think someone was just like, Who's a white action star in the late 80s? (laughs) So I'm going to say that he was offered the role. Got it. Okay. Uh, The original directing choice Mm. was one Mr. Spock, son of Sarek, Leonard Nimoy. I saw that. Leonard didn't feel comfortable doing an action movie. Instead, he did Three Three Men and and a Baby. baby. (laughs) (laughs) Shea Black stated that he wanted the late William Hurt to play Martin Riggs.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Would have been a very very different different
0: movie. I'm glad that that didn't happen. A very different Riggs. Yes. And
1: uh, guess who objected? The studio. So you're telling me the studio was right for once. (laughs) For
0: once. (laughs) Uh,
1: Richard Donner Mm -hmm. for Martin Riggs wanted none other than Kal-El himself, Christopher Reeve.
0: Huh? Okay. I
1: want. I want to see that audition tape, please. Yeah. I have a feeling it's pretty rad. He's got that dark edge. Like he uh, played he's, Superman so well, but look at like Superman three. Like it's a it's an yeah. upped version, but he's got that in him.
0: I mean, I like the the uh, I I think the movie Mousetrap is really good, and he's mm-hmm. really dark <laughs> he's, in that. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: was so good. Uh, have you ever seen Noises Off?
0: Uh, yes, I, yes, I have.
1: I have. So good in it. Sorry. Uh, stupid question. Um, why
0: am I doing this? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't uh, that kind of like the epitome of the British farce? Isn't that? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's doors slamming and everything. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's a British, um, uh, Richard Donner, after seeing him in the Terminator. Of course. Oh, wanted Michael bean.
0: Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Again. Fucking a, especially after what we saw him do in the abyss. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. That's just that's just Martin Riggs
0: underwater. Sure, sure, sure. I could see that. William Hurt. I gotta be honest with you. William Hurt. I can't picture. Uh, Michael. So Bean, far, I everyone can. else. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep. For Murtaugh, the great character actor Brian Dennehy was considered. Hmm. Okay, I then he it. turned it down because he'd already played a cop before in the film, such as FX. First Blood. Oh, and and FX.
0: Blood. oh, in first blood, yeah, sure, sure, sure.
1: However, there is a movie that Dennehy and Danny Glover were in together.
0: Hmm. In 85. 85, Brian Dennehy, Danny Glover. Give you a hint, it was a Western. Oh, is that um Silverado?
1: Correct.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Okay. All right.
1: All right. Uh, this is where it starts to get weird. Yeah. Uh for Mr. Joshua, mm. Stephen Lang.
0: Wait, and, and okay, yeah, and listen. Oh, Stephen okay, Lang. I keep forgetting he had a career as a younger man. So this would have been like Tombstone era Stephen Lang. Okay. I, that would have been interesting. But let's say this. Gary Busey, before he went off the deep end. Mm-hmm. Uh, was
1: a really good actor.
0: This is, I mean, you know, the Buddy Holly movie. Did he win the Oscar or he was nominated for the Oscar? I
1: think nominated did not win.
0: But, so the Buddy Holly story. Yes, he's wonderful. But his performance in this is. Masterclass. He's he fucking frightening.
1: Both he and Mel Gibson trained pretty much. It was like uh, the, the Princess Bride, the fight between yes. Indigo Montoya and the Man in Black. They trained the entire shoot. Yes, with to shoot that
0: with the very famous Rory and Gracie from the Gracie family Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a wonderful. Yeah. I think it's a triangle choke he does. Uh, and if I, I could be misremembering, yes. at the end, uh,
1: at the end to take him down, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's really, really good.
1: Uh, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> Stephen Lang, yep. Ron Perlman. Oh, I was, oh,
0: okay. Uh, I, can see it. I can see for, it.
1: for both Martin Riggs and Mr. Joshua, but right. just sure. for Mr. Joshua, James Woods. No fucking thank you. Uh, Christopher Walken. Again, I'm gonna need. S- to see that audition tape uh (laughs) keith carradine hmm hmm okay and scott glenn were considered for mr joshua uh
0: listen i love scott glenn so and uh (laughs) him in him in urban cowboy also like frightening right like that that would have worked i could have seen that okay
1: uh, John Saxon was the first choice, but was too busy shooting Nightmare on Elm Street 3, the Dream Warriors.
0: John Saxon uh, from Enter the Dragon. Yes. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. Uh, I think probably why, because he already knew some martial arts sure. to make it a little easier for them. For General But he must McCa- have been
0: old at that point, though. John Saxon, because he's... Yeah, they probably would have
1: just been like, they were, instead of it being like the general was his commanding officer, they would have just been like generals together or some shit. I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think Josh was even a tad young, even for that. Right? Well, no, I think in
1: the movie, the general is his commanding was his officer. his
0: commanding officer, you think? Yeah, I think they say that. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right.
1: Um, For General McAllister, speaking of the late, great uh, Kyle Riker...
0: Yeah. Um, he, he I did not know his name. I you know, his face is recognizable and he's certainly a that guy actor.
1: Yeah, he was on and Greg. Oh, he wait. was uh No, that's I'm sorry, what did you say the name? Oh, he's he's yeah, Will Riker's father, Kyle Riker.
0: M- <laughs> Mitchell Ryan is
1: the credit. Will Riker from Star Trek the Next Generation, the fictional oh, character. I'm sorry. Played- <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. I thought I'm sorry. Yep. Rike. No, I know it's Mitchell Ryan, it. but I just okay. want to call him Kyle Riker. <laughs> sorry, sorry, my bad,
1: my bad. <laughs> because it's a great episode. Because they pretty much just have like a dick off at the end of the episode. Got
0: it, got it, got it, got it.
1: Um. So, uh, General McAllister. Yes. Uh, Lee Marvin.
0: Okay, I can see that.
1: Bruce Dern. Uh,
0: okay? he's, I mean, he's a good actor. Okay. I could, yeah. Yeah.
1: Richard jo- Jordan. Don't know who that is. I don't know either. Uh, you're gonna not recognize the next ne- couple names: James
0: Earl Jones. Oh no! Now I want to. S- oh, now I want to. Mr.
1: Joshua, that. could you light your arm on fire for me?
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh, Richard Jordan. Uh, you know who Richard Jordan is? He is Michael J. Fox's uncle in The Secret of My Success. He plays a douche. Oh, shit. Yes.
1: Okay, I see why he was okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I can see that. Uh, Peter Boyle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Joshua. Uh, and Robert Duvall.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, that would have been interesting. Okay.
1: Uh, and lastly, I don't know this guy either. Okay. Michael Nouri N O U R I. That sounds Asian.
0: Michael Nouri Oh, um, you'd recognize him if you see him. He, let's see, uh, you're not, did you watch Yellowstone? Nope. Okay, he's Beth's boss. But I keep seeing
1: the fucking commercials it, for it on Paramount Plus.
0: It's it's so fucking good. Uh, he was, I think he was the love interest in Flashdance. He was. Okay, okay. He was in the 1990 Captain America, oh. which I hope we never have to watch. Uh, well,
1: unfortunately, at some point, we will.
0: Uh, yeah. I'm looking to see if there's any other... I mean, you'd recognize his face if you saw him. Um, the Terminal, Last Holiday. All... Well, he yeah. turned it
1: down to do another buddy cop uh, movie called The Hidden. Oh, that was, not... that was that one that I
0: mentioned. That was that one oh, with right. Kyle McLaughlin. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, so yeah. he must have been the other.
0: You, you'd you recognize him. I mean, he's... Hang on,
1: I'm, I'm looking he at He looks...
0: A little bit like Stephen Bauer. He sure does. But he's not.
1: (laughs) No. No, that wouldn't have worked for me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. And then I'm just going to hold it up. You see all those lines there? Oh, my God. That's the supposed list. And it's, I mean, Michael Keaton, Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, Christopher Lambert. I'm just like, no, no, no. Absolutely
0: a, mo- a movie we almost watched in this this that was a that was a that was a close runner up for this spot <laughs> for I me I mean some of the ones
1: I most of the ones that I mentioned that were important the only one I didn't was Kurt Russell Oh I don't know if it's true though when it's those big chunks I'm just like or suspicious, you're just throwing a bunch yeah. of fucking names together Yeah
0: that's fair that's fair
1: Don't be suspicious don't be suspicious don't be suspicious don't
0: be suspicious So that's all I got okay so last couple things on production uh first oh, yeah. is money so mm. this movie is released in 1987 it has a budget of 15 million dollars one five which
1: is insane that it that it looks this good with only a 15 million dollar sure. budget
0: uh and then at the box office it does 120 million dollars and so we got three sequels yeah. <laughs> and again that those are only box office dollars I'm willing to bet those that probably does not include you know, home video,
1: DVD, no, it never Blu- does. Blu-ray. No. So
0: yeah. you know, when you add in all of that after that, it, I mean, this thing is a is a cash machine. Now, oh, speaking of which, be-
1: before we continue, where's my camera? Um, I just want to talk directly into the camera here. Yeah. Dear HBO Max, yeah. <laughs> yes. please put these on as the director's cuts. People deserve to see the director's cuts, even though both Shane Black and Richard Donner have said... They don't agree with the three introductions to Riggs. I don't think of them as three different introductions. I think that them is going, who the fuck is this guy? And why is he good one second, bad the next second? Like, if you go in order, you're like, oh, he's our hero. Oh, he's snorted coke. Wait. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> like, you know, I, I, I really think this needs to be up because – on uh, HBO Max, it's just the. It's just
0: the there's theatrical. not even like a
1: bonus to go to the director's cuts. Oh, so you so... can only get these on the DVD that I uh, sent you.
0: Thank you, thank you. You're nice
1: welcome. You. Yeah, you should go and watch two and three because they oh, also oh, have I, deleted oh, I totally scenes. Will. I totally will. And they're sure. <laughs> there's some in there. I'm like,
0: oh, that. But... I see where gone. Um uh, So uh-huh. uh, now the the dollars from 1987 to 2022. It the. Conversion factor is 2.53. So $1.87 is worth $2.53 today. So that $15 million budget becomes $38 million, which is still not crazy for an not action Not a whole movie. lot of money. No. Um, and the $120 million box office becomes $304 million. So again, the the, the reason this kind of immediately spawns a franchise, very apparent
1: and it's why uh Warner Brothers keeps trying to you know either reboot it or do a television show sure. because it's an IP that they know they can make money yeah, on. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um y- you know what's interesting I was thinking back today this is an era where lots of things get video games. You know, it's the late 80s, you know, the the the, the explosive growth of, you know, the Nintendo and video game systems. You know, I, like ET the video game. Yeah, like ET the video game. But um, other than to your point, you know, that TV series that was what early two thousands or twenty tens on Fox.
1: Twenty sixteen, I believe it okay. started.
0: Uh, other than that, like no attempt to kind of harness this into anything other than just making more movies. But it's uh, I'm surprised at that. Um,
1: all right, and then the well, uh, would it surprise you that Lethal Weapon three had a Super Nintendo video game?
0: Oh, I, you know what? And, I a, sur- and
1: a Game Boy game.
0: I am surprised by that. So I, I take back my earlier statements. Holy shit! What were those like? Yeah, yeah. I see. <laughs> Is that a firing range? Is that?
1: What- uh, no, it's like people like popping warehouse? out of oh, stuff. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. I'm sorry. Lethal Weapon itself had a game. Did it really on the N- on NES? Fuck. Wow. I mean, it it looks like it's just Double Dragon with a Riggs avatar. (laughs) Oh, sure.
0: Okay, yeah. Oh, and I see the screen you just showed me. Yep. Oh, that's totally Double Dragon. That's totally Double (laughs) Dragon. That's just (laughs) Double (laughs) Dragon. That's hilarious. Um, Okay, and then finally, the last thing we'll do before we talk about the movie is the IMDb score. Do you remember from the last time we recorded what this one was? Not a fucking clue. So it's a 7.6 out of 10.
1: I bet you, uh, you know, uh, kind of like we joked about with um, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, it would be racist. These are people that have a problem with Mel Gibson, which. Sure, sure. I don't like him. I'm not going to go on to IMDb and trash this movie because one person has some shitty opinions in the world. Sure,
0: exactly, you exactly. Know? Because uh, I
1: like Richard Donner and I like Danny Glover and I like everybody else in the movie. Sure, I'm just not wild about Mel Gibson.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm still going to watch the film. Yep. All right. And well, speaking of, why don't we uh, roll that film? All
1: right. So Todd, I have been. A horrible co-host. When I edited Beastmaster, I realized I fucking bulldozed our way through that film. This is your pick. (laughs) Please, by all means, lead the charge on this. Now, on three, okay? Wait, so are
0: we going on three or then one, two, three, and then go? It's like a
1: one, two, three.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> folks these are jokes from lethal weapon 2 <laughs>
1: and they're good though they're it in it happens in this one the the carolers that's yeah. in the
0: counting yeah because one starts in it's like tom <laughs> yes that's funny oh i didn't even pick up on that that's funny that's funny i
1: picked it up on this watch i was like oh hey it, they set it up in the first in one because all the rest of them have it
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now listen i'll also you know plant a flag in the ground now not a Christmas movie, even though it starts with Jingle Bell Rock. You're so wrong. How does it it's feel to be so not wrong a, about it? It's this? a movie that takes place at Christmas, but it's not a Christmas movie. It's a fucking Christmas oh, movie. Oh, my Shane,
1: God. It's Shane Black. It's Christmas it's not a movies. a Christmas movie. Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie.
0: (laughs) We talked about this when we did Iron Man 3. And you were wrong then, too, (laughs) Sue. But it Mm. does start with the familiar sounds of Jingle Bell Rock. Uh, as sure. as we kind of fly mm-hmm. across an L.A. skyline, uh, it's a late 80s movie. There's an attractive half-naked blonde woman in a bed.
1: I like to call this obligatory 80s boobs.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's all it is, just boobs, right? She's clearly under the influence of something.
1: When she snorts the cocaine, I always think about, because like... Wolf of Wall Street. They actually snorted something. It was obviously it wasn't cocaine. I think it was. Might have been pixie sticks, decolored pixie no, sticks.
0: No, you wouldn't want sugar up there. No, usually it's um, baby aspirin.
1: Thank you. Yeah. No, I, but but the, the amount that they had to do, it might have been so, It might have been baby powder. It might have been something that. I can't remember what it okay. was. In any case, it was so much that they all got uh, nasal infections from how much they snort in that movie.
0: To be fair, they're snorting a lot of coke in that movie.
1: <laughs> She's obviously snorting something here. Now, in the 80s, she may have been snorting coke, but I always think about, like, oh, that just, I can't do that shit. I can't snort. <laughs> it's the main reason I've never done coke. No. I'm
0: just <laughs> Not me. No, I'm just kidding. Oh boy. My understanding is baby aspirin is or or I'm sorry. Yeah, baby aspirin. Is that what it is? Or is it a vitamin B or it might, something? Might be a
1: vitamins. Yes. Yes, that's what it is. In yeah. I'm looking it up. Oh, Jonah Hill was hospitalized. Excuse me.
0: Got it. Okay, so let's see. I pulled up an article off of cinemablend.com. Slash new slash what actually fake cocaine actors snort movies. Provide. It's a uh,
1: vitamin powder. Yeah,
0: yeah. So now this says in the past powdered milk and baking soda have been your standard replacement for '80s nose candy. Now that oh. that doesn't mean that that's being snorted. You also sometimes just need a visual there to
1: lick it or or to yeah,
0: yeah right. Recently that has changed. According to the Independent, a website, a powder called Inositol is what you'll see these days when you see actors snorting coke. It makes sense as the white powder is often used as a cutting agent for actual cocaine. (laughs) It is a vitamin B (laughs) powder. And as it turns out, being a vitamin can actually give you a slight energy lift. So,
1: okay. Yeah, as I just read here, uh, Jonah Hill is quoted as saying he snorted so much of it, he could have lifted a car over his fucking head. (laughs) Jonah, I think you're thinking of actual cocaine.
0: That's right. (laughs) That's true, that's true, that's true. So she does the classic lines of coke off the mirror. There's some pills next to the lines of coke. Um, mm-hmm. She stumbles her way over to the balcony. She's at, you know, like the top floor of of a sky rise. Um In a display of incredibly bad judgment, she stands up on the balcony and then... Mm-hmm. The stunt performer does a very calculated jump forward into a flip, essentially.
1: Oh, I just assumed it was the same person. I, I assumed they hired a stunt performer who just did it all.
0: Mm, that's a, That's an interesting. Because you know how they
1: did the, the final shot, where right before she falls on the car, no, it's a matte painting covering. Oh, like the the the, the, the thing that we see later in the film. So they cut it just before she hit the bag to make it look like she hits the car. It's really cool movie magic.
0: So that character is Amanda Hunsacker. Uh, she is played by Jackie Swanson, who has acting credits. I mean, this is you know probably the biggest thing she does. She has some TV roles. She's got a part in a number of episodes of Cheers. And then, like, singles okay. episodes and a couple other places. I don't think she's a stunt performer. So my assumption is she's, you know, that's a stunt performer. But it's so funny. There's no CGI in this that I no. can tell, right? It's all, no, no, it's all practical not. effects.
1: It's all practical effects.
0: What's supposed to be happening in the scene is she's either pushed by someone, as we'll find out later, or so intoxicated that she falls forward. It, you know, that's clearly not what happens. That's okay. It, it doesn't take away from the movie. Later on, when Riggs goes up on the roof to get the jumper down and he handcuffs himself to the jumper mm-hmm. as a ploy to try and get him in right before they jump, the rubber handcuffs they're wearing snap, so the two actors hold hands as they jump, and you clearly see them snap uh, but again, it's in the movie it does I mean, who cares? I don't care. Who cares? I don't care. They're really going off a roof and falling onto uh in this case those big airbag things.
1: The position that she is in on top of the sedan is based on a photo of a real suicide. Oh. Called the most beautiful suicide.
0: Oh, yes, I've seen that. Was that from like the 30s or something or the Yep. 50s? It was 30s yeah.
1: or 40s, 30s, 40s, 50s somewhere in those couple decades. I hadn't seen the picture obviously when I saw this film and all the times I saw it subsequent this time, when I watched it, her position, I'm like, that's something then yeah. I was like, Oh, right. It's this beautifully horrible picture.
0: Evelyn McHale was the Evelyn young McHale. woman. And yep. the, the photo was taken on May 1st, 1947. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, Andy Warhol used it in one of his prints, suicide parentheses, fallen body. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Um, but it's certainly a trope, right? Like the, the landing on the car roof, at pancakes, and the, it, the roof, and yeah.
1: we already saw it on uh, in uh, Ant Man.
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So now we're at the Murtaugh residence, as we said earlier. It's Roger's birthday. Danny Glover. He's fifty years old. Grizzled beard. Um, Slightly uncomfortable. He's not taking a bubble bath. There's a few bubbles there, but his whole family comes in while he's sitting in the tub.
1: They all just saw his dick.
0: <laughs> yeah, they totally did, right? <laughs> and um,
1: how old would you say Tracy Wolf is in this film?
0: I think her character, is she's 15, because we, he says that mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, the actress, I'm guessing is probably older. I'm saying probably 18? 25. What? Yeah, she's You're-
1: fucking 25 when she's in the film. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. This is like the biggest thing I can think that she did, Tracy Wolf.
0: Yeah, and you know, she gets a uh, doesn't she get the last credit? Like in introducing Tracy Wolf? Yes. In the in the opening title mm-hmm. sequence. Yeah, that's interesting. What yeah, what did she? go on to do after that.
1: The other Lethal Weapon movies are the only thing I've ever seen her in. And that's yes. no disrespect if she's done yeah, other yeah, stuff, yeah. That's great, but that's all I've seen her in. And I had the biggest crush on her.
0: <laughs> she has nine credits. So you got okay. the, the four Lethal Weapon movies. You've got um, an episode of In the Heat of the Night. Hey, uh, uh, two episodes of The Cosby Show. Ooh. An episode of Katie Keene, which, which was 2020. Never heard of that. Saints and oh, Sinners. One yeah, episode. with
1: um Lucy Hale, right? Katie Keane.
0: Uh who's Lucy Hale? I don't know who that is.
1: I think she played Katie Keane. Lucy Hale.
0: Okay, that is her, but I have no idea who she is. Okay, yeah. So she had one episode of that. She had one episode of Saints and Sinners 2021. And then in 2022, one episode of Blue Bloods. So not a very prolific uh performer. She was born in 1960, yeah. So she is 62. Mm-hmm. what does she look like today i'm just
1: a, probably still very attractive yeah uh,
0: the i don't know when this profile pic here on her imdb page is from but she's an attractive mature woman in this picture and as joe pesci will say or no uh yeah is it joe pesci or is it the guy repairing the house what makes um, me want to buy condoms <laughs> rubbers
1: and rubbers, you're yeah. right it's both
0: it's both it's both it's both right
1: the guy working on the house later goes on to be the captain of the squad on rescue me
0: yes that guy yes yes i like that that heavyset guy he's really good no it's a great really character actor oh yeah if you find pictures of her now i mean obviously she's she's an older woman she's uh just absolutely gorgeous
1: deeply in love with her in these movies <laughs>
0: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. They, of course, are not singing happy birthday because this is a time in which uh, Warner Music or Tamler Warner... Warner, uh, Whoever,
1: those fucking guys.
0: Yeah, uh, still are exerting the false claim that they own the rights to happy birthday. Well, Uh, we finally figured that out, so
1: happy birthday,
0: (laughs) Mr. Murtaugh. (laughs) Now we're at the beach. So you talked about the three introductions. This is the nice but sad introduction, right? So a dog runs up the beach to a trailer. The sliding door of the trailer is just open and comes in, and Mel Gibson is waking up. He's got a lit cigarette in his mouth. He's in bed. Uh he gets up, you know, we get his bare ass. He goes yeah, obligatory 80s man's ass. That's yeah, like absolutely.
1: if we get boobs, you gotta get a man's ass in there too.
0: Yep. And listen, I can acknowledge Mel Gibson, sexiest man alive for a number of years. I mean, this is prime Mel Gibson, right? Oh, yeah, he's like, a
1: good looking dude in this movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you know, goes right to the fridge to grab a beer, takes a leak as he's smoking a cigarette and drinking his beer. It's not a happy life. No, 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 no. Not at all. The flip side of that home life, back at the Murtaugh residence, um, Roger's coming downstairs into the kitchen where his wife, Trish, is making breakfast. She makes a reference to uh, asking if he knows a Michael Hunsacker. Jesus,
1: Michael Hunsacker? What did he want? Your office call. He's been trying to reach you for three days now. (laughs) I haven't talked to him in
0: 12 years. How come I never heard of Michael Hunsacker? Uh, I just never talked about him, huh? Vietnam buddy? Uh, yeah. He's face to face with having his oldest uh child, his daughter, turning into a young woman because she's showing her his New Year's Eve dress and he's not happy about it. Damn yeah.
1: His reaction was a little weird, I think. It uh, like I understood much. what they were going for, but it felt a little pervy. <laughs> like uh just for a hot second and also calling her a heartbreaker
0: i was was like listen i think it's a roger it's a through line that i think is consistent through the movies right like into the next one she becomes an actress and gets her big it becomes less creepy
1: as the movies go on, especially especially the rubbers uh he's definitely not happy with any of that sure
0: sure but it's right like it's uh you know what's the line um every every father's afraid that a His daughter's going to grow up and meet a boy just like him, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So back with Riggs, uh, he's getting ready for his day in the same way Roger was. Um, Very important. This is a new scene. Oh, this is a new scene. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he arms up. Uh, with the iconic Beretta 92F.
1: A retired gun now.
0: Yeah. So the military took that and they modified it slightly to make the Beretta M9. That's the weapon mm-hmm. that I carried every day in the Air Force. That was the law enforcement sidearm at the time. They've since uh, moved on to a new one. But And a TSPHC
1: Army, if you are wondering what this gun looks like, if you haven't watched this movie think of any other 80s action movie someone's fucking carrying this gun
0: yeah and it's a phenomenal gun i mean there's a reason why the air force uh used it the army used it i think i think every branch except the the seals and i don't know if that means the rest of the navy i think i think the rest of the navy but for the seals use the beretta m9 it's an amazing weapon a nine millimeter Really, really versatile, really useful. Definitely a lot of fond memories as he picked that up. I was like, "Oh, I've handled that gun many times."
1: I don't know a whole lot about guns, as sure. settled canon on this podcast, <laughs> yeah, right? Though two guns that always stick out to me are Riggs' gun, the Beretta, mm-hmm. and the guns that the Baltimore Police use on homicide, which is a Glock.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. The that very weird boxy that, looking. Yeah,
1: gear. yeah. I just thought they were so cool looking.
0: They have no external hammer. Right. It's yeah. all
1: an internal. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah, the back yeah. of it's got that weird butt shape to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, you're right. That's another iconic looking weapon. Mm-hmm. So he arms up, he grabs a dog biscuit, takes a bite of that, <laughs> realizes it, washes down the bite with his beer, uh, yep. smashes his TV set. Smashes his TV set because. Of what's on the TV?
1: That's, I think it's
0: just an anno- it's an annoying commercial, right? And, and he's
1: he's just pissed at the world. Got it?
0: Okay. He's pissed at the world. Yeah, that's exa- That's exactly right. Okay. Picks up a picture of his wife, and again, this is our first clue. We don't know why he's like this until we see this picture of his wife, and you know, he and his wife at their wedding, and it says I'll buy a new one. Puts it down and leaves. Mm-hmm. And it's you, you know, perfect example, I think, of show don't tell. Mm-hmm. The way he acts, you just learned a whole lot more about the character. Now I'm trying to think: the theatrical release is our introduction to him. First trailer scene, the and first that, trailer scene, and okay. then the tree the scene. Trees. Yeah. Then he
1: brings the color TV. Got
0: it. Got it. Okay. So you know what I do like about this scene is we see how bleak his morning is when he wakes up. Because that's right. Because that is a theatrical. The dog comes in. That's from the theatrical release. Uh, that's that really... dog has
1: a name, sir. It's Sam.
0: Oh. Is it Sam? Yeah, of course it is. He's good a good boy. Guy. He is a good boy. That's a bleak scene. You know, I like the inclusion of this simply because of that that moment with his wife's picture. I, I feel like that softens it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think it adds to it by by having that scene. Instead of just making him
1: an angry man, you, you oh. see that there's some pain there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? Like, he's not an... He's not... He's not an asshole because he's an asshole. He's a, he's a man in pain.
1: Right? right. The first two scenes, you're like, oh, this guy's just a fucking dick. Uh, yep. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this man has some serious pain. Okay.
0: Yeah. You know, that it, it, when I was looking at the production stuff, um, I grabbed something. So this was, you know, I think this might have been Shane Black's first script. Um, He writes it in 85, right after he graduates from UCLA. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm quoting from the Wikipedia article on Lethal Weapon, on the the movie Lethal Weapon. Yeah. And I'm just going to read from it because it's really good. Black stated that his intention was to do an urban Western inspired by Dirty Harry where a violent character, quote, reviled for what he did, what he is capable of, the things he believed in, end quote, is eventually recruited for being the one that could solve the problem. The protagonists would be everyman, policemen, guys shuffling in a town like Los Angeles, searching for something noble as justice when they're just guys in washed and worn suits seeking a paycheck, end quote. And, yeah, I mean, that's a bleak. Now, these movies take a
1: real sharp turn into more comedy. Second second one has a lot more comedy to the point where Shane Black walked away. He did not... He his script, which I have shared with you, it's very easy to find sure. on the internet. Sure, sure. Is pretty fucking dark.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Too does amp up the comedy, but I would say it also amps up the darkness. We learn what happened to Riggs' wife.
1: That's pretty much all that's left from from his um, script. From his script. Like the opening thing is Riggs is drunk again. He's fallen back off the wagon, and all oh. this. It's 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 pretty it's pretty pretty dark. dark. The biggest thing, spoiler, mm-hmm. uh, Riggs dies. Mmm. That's right. That's right. Which yeah. Kind of makes sense with all the bullets that riddle his body yeah.
0: in the end of two. I'm like, <laughs> how did he <laughs> survive? I wouldn't even call this a flesh wound. Um, mm-hmm. but you, you know what's interesting? On the surface, Murtaugh has a much better life than Riggs, right? Mm-hmm. But I would say, you know, thinking about Shane Black's quote about that, right? This idea that they're just, you know, guys in uh, washed and worn suits seeking a paycheck, right? And going after something noble. You know, I would suggest that Murtaugh's life may be better on the surface, maybe more polished. Maybe he's he's got pieces that Riggs doesn't. But, you know, when he's in that tub, like, and he's 50 and he's reflecting on it— It's not, like, a joyful opening. Murtaugh just has happy people around him.
1: He's happy until everyone leaves, and he's like, fuck, I'm 50.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, you know, I would say it's not as dark, but it's, you know, Murtaugh's dark as well. Um, Yeah, and I, I didn't really think of that until we were just talking about that. Murtaugh's at the firing range. He wears his holster. He's carrying a revolver. Um, he, he wears it it's for
1: Smith and Smith and Wesson. Wesson. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's wearing it on his left-hand side. He's a, he's a right-handed shooter. So it's what they call cross body draw. Right. And like,
1: I'm well aware it's what I did in assassins. Oh, Thank okay. You very yeah,
0: much. yeah. Um, and he does <laughs> like kind of like what I envision, like the classic, I'm a pro, right? Like he, the guns in the holster draws his weapon and fires two groups of three shots each.
1: Mm-hmm. Three headshots, three body mass shots. Yeah.
0: No, no, no. This one are all headshots. Oh, I thought he did some. That's later so that's, with, rigs. That's with
1: That's the shoot off between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Um, but, which, y- you're right t- to note, that's not the standard training for law enforcement officers. You do not shoot at the head. You shoot center mass, so. Right. Like, today, if someone saw that, they'd
1: be like, hey, Murdoch, can you. Can you talk to the psychologist? Yeah. We are super fucking worried about <laughs> you right, right now.
0: Now, obviously, it, you know, should put a disclaimer out there. Uh, you know, I have four years of law enforcement in the military, which is not the same as civilian law enforcement. This looks like a job for Charles Nickerson. Uh, Chuck, keep me honest here. How do you view any of those scenes at the fir- firing range? I would love a perspective of, of someone who made a career uh, out of law enforcement. So damn right. Uh, but now uh, uh, another scene that is not included in the theatrical release
1: Oof, doof.
0: You, yeah. You want to talk about this one, or uh, I'll take it, or you take
1: it. It's an active shooter. I mean, which it's it's eighty seven, and they're fucking hitting the nail on the head with something that we're still dealing with. Yeah, I wish this scene had been in there because this is the kind of stuff that sometimes Richard Donner is a Little more sneaky with his political views, like the fact mm-hmm. that the Murtaugh's fridge has a uh, bumper sticker that says uh, Free South Africa mm-hmm. or end apartheid. It doesn't say, yeah. Um, this is one of those scenes where you're like, okay, we know how uh, Richard Donner feels about gun violence. Like, yes, he made a lot of shoot 'em up movies, yep. but they're stylized, and he definitely is one that is... People don't become active shooters because they watch Lethal Weapon 900 times.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: It is, it's not the movie. It is the individual.
0: Yep. The call that comes over the radio is a sniper. Mm-hmm. Um, so Riggs pulls up in front of what looks like a school, walks up into essentially like a, a an area right below a basketball court. I would say
1: if we're... We're getting a little dark here, but that's probably where the parents would have picked up their kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um Oof. so a number of caps are basically out of the direct line of fire. Riggs asks some questions. What do you got here? Sniper, sir. Sniper, what's he doing? Shooting kids. One officer is down. He doesn't miss, sir. He's still inside it. we can't get to him. Come on, come on. You got a SWAT team coming in? No ETA. Yeah. Well I'll see you around.
1: Then the kid comes down and that's when it snaps and Riggs like, okay, I got to take care of this asshole.
0: How good a shot is this guy? What do you mean? I mean, does he shoot at random? Does he shoot specific kids? Uh, oh, he missed what? He shot at random. Did you make a weapon? Automatic. Is well. or anything like that up there? <laughs> not that we know of. Okay. It's almost reminiscent of Hancock showing up at the bank robbery. Uh-huh. Now, the difference there, Hancock was invulnerable. Riggs is not. We'll learn more in a bit. Um, but Literally walks past a, a female cop who's taking cover, like crouched down on the stairs, and she's like, What the hell are you doing? Simply walks into the middle of the basketball court.
1: Yeah, puts a cigarette in his mouth, does not light it. Very important.
0: Yells up to the guy, the guy, so he's like barricaded in, looks like to be like some kind of a building above looking down on this uh on this playground. And basically calls out to the guy. It's the sniper, sir. The guy comes into the window with a rifle, fires a bunch of shots. They hit the ground around Riggs. Feet doesn't flinch.
1: But then you see him take aim. He knows exactly where the guy just popped up. He knows he's going to pop up there again. And (laughs) he taunts him,
0: right? Like, oh, yeah. I'm still here, asshole. What do you only do, kid? Fuck me. And the guy... Pops out to take a shot, and Riggs empties his clip. So the Beretta oh, yeah. has 15 rounds in the magazine. Uh, and, and 15
1: rounds go 15 into rounds, this guy.
0: 15 rounds go in. The slide locks back without taking his eyes off the target. He pop, you know, he drops the magazine out, inserts another one, um, racks the slide, or releases the slide, and is, you know, and is ready, ready in p- case he pops back up. Yeah. 15 more rounds up that way. Which,
1: yeah. d- dear Martin. That dude's super dead. <laughs>
0: He's really dead. 15
1: yeah. fucking bullets just went into him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, as the other cops kind of rush in to take control of the scene, Riggs, he just walks away.
1: Yeah. I'm calling all the bullshit <laughs> in the world. Even yes, I know this. That's totally fair. Somebody, like this commanding officer would be like, yeah, Riggs, you're going to need to stay here. There's a shit ton of paperwork you're going to have to fill out. Doesn't he, Does he not need to fill out paperwork because he discharged his weapon? Isn't that part of...
0: Oh, I mean, yeah, that is uh, now what the rest of his at least day, likely week is becoming. Well, instead. Potentially week's... uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, That's not what happens in this universe. Uh, He's in the same universe that Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor's character is in, in Last Action Hero, in the... In the fictional universe. God, I wish I could remember his character's name. Uh, I'm not gonna think of it. That's such a brilliant movie. That is dissecting the genre. Shane Black. Is it Shane Black? I did not realize that. 95% sure. Hang on. Let's do a Hmm. if I mean if it is, it would make perfect sense because, you know, the guy basically created the genre. That would make sense that he's the one I'm I'm so fucking wrong. Oh. Oh no wait.
1: There, yeah, there he is. A story by Zach Penn and Adam left. Left. Uh Shane Black, and David Arnott wrote the script.
0: Wait, Zach Penn? Yeah, Zach, Zach Penn. Zach Penn is uh, Last Cabin in the Woods. Or Last Cabin, Cabin, uh, Cabin, Cabin in, in the, Woods. the Woods. Yeah, not Last House on the Left. Um,
1: he yeah, also wrote Ready Player One, Avengers, holy shit. Incredible Hulk.
0: Wait, Zach Penn, he began his screenwriter when he sold his first script, Last Action Hero, at the age of 23. What the
1: 23! fuck? Good for him.
0: Dude. And now he has 23 act... <gasps> he has 23 act writer credits. I'm just seeing this on IMDb. This can't be real. And I, I'm i going to tell you why I think it's wrong. I hope it's not wrong because I really want it to be right. Right now on IMDb, Zach Penn has an announced screenplay credit for ROM, ROM Space, Space Night. Night? Are yeah. you familiar with ROM?
1: Do you not remember when you, me, and Colin during... Uh, Man of Steel talked about Rom for oh.
0: twenty five
1: minutes, probably. Oh fuck! And I say, do you not remember? Because we cut all that shit from the episode,
0: I, and we were drinking. I do not remember. Oh, that's uh, true.
1: He also wrote Free Guy.
0: Oh yeah. So Rom, this film will be part of a shared universe with Snake Eyes, GI Joe, Ever Vigilant, Micronauts. Visionaries, Knights of the Magical Light, and Mask, Mobile Armored Strike Command. So basically... Is this actually happening? Because Snake Eyes was a hot pile of garbage. I mean, you know, I know that the reason why we're not getting ROM in any of the MCU is because Marvel does not own the rights. It's Hasbro. Right, they Hasbro. just made the comics. It was a toy. Yeah, yeah right. It was a, which is such a tragedy because the comic was really good. It was really good. <laughs> the Dire <laughs> well, Wraiths were such a great, like... Alien villain race. Don't
1: worry. Hasbro will run it into the ground, just like they (laughs) have run everything else into the ground. That's true. Though, apparently, the new Transformers, they screened some of it at uh, CinemaCon, and people are like, this is good. This is Bumblebee good. Because Bumblebee was great. I I, I agree. I agree. And the lead in this is Anthony Ramos.
0: I feel like I should know from... The,
1: in the From Hamilton and from In the Heights.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I'm like, okay. All right,
0: sold. go on. Okay, mm-hmm. okay.
1: Move it along, guys. Let, let's yeah, spend let's, a minute Yeah. on uh, Riggs Gets Home with a color TV. Very important that I'm overemphasizing that because in this scene, this may have been his first day of shooting because, holy crap, every other fucking word out of his mouth is... Is Australian.
0: <laughs> How you been there, Sam? Huh? Been catching mice today? What kind of a day did you have? No, you haven't been doing anything, you lazy son of a bitch. Come on, I'll get you a sandwich. Because that's all there is. I didn't even hear that. That's so funny. Oh, my God.
1: God, it's uh, it's up there with I forgive Hemsworth more because it's Chris Hemsworth, but also because <laughs> he's already doing a British accent uh, in um, Thor Ragnarok. It's very clear his Australian comes out. He's like, by the way, this room is ridiculous. It's red. It's white. Pick a color. Oh, he's color. like,
0: that's not how British <laughs> say color. <laughs> did you notice the other thing about the TV? Did you he- did you notice the size of the TV?
1: He was a big boy for for the eighties, fifteen inch <laughs> for. For a policeman's salary, I'm like, are you sure you didn't take
0: some of that coke and no, sell no. it on the side? It's a fi- no. He says it's a 15 inch color TV in '87. That shit was expensive. No, a 15. I mean, it was no, but 15 inch TV. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm on it. All, All right. right. All
1: right. Hey Google, how much did a 15 inch TV cost in 1987?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good luck on this one.
1: I gotta get more specific. How much money did a 15 inch?
0: Yeah, I don't think you're gonna find this one. I'll be impressed if you do. Oh, 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 look what I found! That's that's not a big TV, even for eighty-seven. A 15 inch, five hundred dollars. Okay,
1: but that's a lot of money for a policeman's
0: salary. uh, Okay, all right. I hear you.
1: That's a fuck ton of money, man.
0: Well, y- yes. Okay. Agree. All right. <laughs> I hear
1: you. I was just trying to make a joke that he stole some <laughs> of the Coke to buy it.
0: All right. So it's a little bit of tennis back and forth, right? Murtaugh rigs. Murtaugh Riggs. Um, so now we're back with Murtaugh. He's responding to the scene of the woman, Amanda Hunsack, or the woman who fell off the or, you know, jump, pushed, or fell off the apartment balcony. A prostitute, Dixie, witnessed it all. The patrolman has her information. They took her statement.
1: A Star Trek actor. Dixie is? 100%. No way. Famously in I, Borg, pours a giant cup of coffee on Captain Picard. Nice. <laughs> and then comes back for Lower Decks to make the joke. The same actor <laughs> comes back as that character, now a captain, and one of her ensigns spills coffee, doesn't spill it on her, but it's like, oh, Captain, I'm sorry I spilled my coffee on the bridge. And it's like, no, trust me, Ensign, I've done much worse. <laughs> and I, it didn't click. And I was like, there's gotta be something here. And I took a ticket 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 way to the internet and went, oh fuck. It's Dixie. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> All dressed up and no one to blow. <laughs> You're hilarious. I can't believe.
0: So I'm gonna move I'm gonna move along here because I cause I'm lingering here. This is like the exact opposite of Beastmaster.
1: Real quick, I just wanna say the n- next scene is the suicide attempt.
0: Uh nope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. The only thing I was going to say is um, Murtaugh recognizes that this is Amanda Hunsacker. It's the right. It, right. And he recognizes the name. He uses his bag phone when cell phones, you had a big bag.
1: Historical moment. This is the first appearance of a cellular telephone in cinema history. Is it really? 110%. That thing probably cr- cost $10,000. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not right. being hyperbolic because no, no. My, my dad sold yes. those phones. Yep, yep. yep <laughs> he worked yep, for yep, Motorola. That.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Um, he, in fact,
1: me- he had his mounted in pretty much the station wagon that uh, sure. Murtaugh drives at the beginning of the Lethal Weapon 2. But only because Motorola paid for it. Like that thing, to get it mounted in the car like that, that shit was probably $15,000. You know, to have it wired through the radio and the microphone and all that stuff and yeah, Motorola paid for the whole goddamn yeah. thing.
0: <laughs> it was often called a car phone at that point because the yep. battery pack, which you, I mean, th- well, not not the battery pack, the electronics. Essentially is a like a shoebox, and he's got it like right next to him. It's really funny. My how how technology has changed in 30 yeah, years. Yeah. Uh, the next scene is actually not Riggs suicide. The next one is the Christmas tree lot.
1: Right. We're we're not gonna skip over the so I guess okay, fine. He didn't use the Coke money That's right. to buy the television. That's
0: right. Um he you know, uh, again, we're painting this picture of this unstable cop, right? So he's you know, three guys in a Christmas tree lot selling coke. Uh, he he does th- three absolute idiots, yeah, r- dumb, dumb, and dumber.
1: Well, you could also maybe
0: call them Larry, Curly, and Mo. That's right. Riggs loves the three stooges. Um, mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, narcotics undercover work, a little bit of sleight of hand with the the, the key bump of cocaine, uh, which. I believe Riggs doesn't do. I can't imagine with his depression that he would seek out coke. It'd be more likely in my opinion that he would seek out heroin uh or some kind of an opiate.
1: Are narcotics cops taught how to hide a hide a bump? I would assume so. I would assume one one you don't know what We are we are w- way out of our yeah. depth here. We're we have waited way out into the I mean ocean right now
0: one you don't know what that substance is right so you want you want to avoid that
1: yeah it might not be coke it it could be you know drano or not drano but it could be like uh, dishwasher detergent for all yeah has.
0: right so A little sleight of hand. He says he likes it. Okay, so let's do it. How much? How much for how much? For all of it. He wants it all. He wants it all. (laughs)
1: Beautiful. (laughs) All right, congratulations. Maybe a nice six-footer to put it under, huh? You want a tree? Yeah. (laughs) I'll tell you what. I'll give you the best tree I got in a lot for nothing. (laughs) Hey, thanks. But the shit's going to cost you a hundred. What, that much? Hey, you said you liked it? That's a fair price. Yeah, hell, you only live once. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Get this together here.
0: So he starts counting out 20, 20 40, 40, 60, 70, 70 hey.
1: Hey, what the fuck? hey, man. 90. <laughs> I just hey. love that. Come on, shut up, man. I'm losing count.
0: 100,000. Oh, man. Uh, that's, that's more than I got. Tell you what.
1: I take the whole stash off your hands for free. You assholes can go no, to jail. Way, what do you way, say about that? that?
0: He pulls out his badge. And it's a wonderful yeah. moment of, oh, shit. And then it's like, that's not real. You're not a real fucking cop. You're crazy, man. It's kind of like Hancock. Don't call him an asshole.
1: Well, it's like Hancock's wife. Don't call her crazy. That's
0: right. <laughs> don't ever call her crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, The bitch hit me with a refrigerator?
1: You're you're mixing um, uh, Scrooged in there. She hit, you know, hit the me toaster. with a toaster. That's over.
0: right. The toaster. That's right. Riggs has a shootout with the guys. There's a guy ha- hiding in the truck uh, who shoots yeah. his buddy. Riggs has taken... Hostage by one of the guys, and as the other officers close in, fucking genius. While everyone else is trying to de escalate, <laughs> Riggs is escalating. Drop it, prick Hey, shoot, shoot him! him. Shoot him! Shoot him! Shut the fuck shoot up! Somebody shoot this, prick Freeze. Shoot him! Stop. Shoot him!
1: Shoot him out. Him. Somebody shoot this, frick! Shoot But he's escalating, but he's also shoot confusing down. the fuck Stop. out of the guy. I'm going to And then he's saying to the cops, "Shoot me!" And then he's saying, "Shoot this asshole." I mean, the guy doesn't know which way is is up by the end of this.
0: I feel like this is a Hamlet moment. I know that your brother Colin is a huge fan of Shakespeare. I love the play Hamlet. I think it's one of his best works. Uh, And I think that you know that generally there's two schools of thought with Hamlet, right? The one is Hamlet is crazy that is the laurence olivier film right he is sure. truly insane um the other is that hamlet is it's all a ploy to to draw out his uh
1: that his, is the mel the, gibson film
0: the mel gibson Claude. film or the Derek J- uh jacoby, jacoby jacoby version right um i can't the, remember
1: i can't remember kenneth brown at which way he plays it i think he plays it that some scenes he is some scenes
0: uh, pick a kind of side, kinda like.
1: Well, it's kind of like uh, how um, Margot plays Harley Quinn. Some scenes, okay. she's faking the crazy. Some scenes, she really is crazy.
0: So let's ask this question and forget about the other scenes. In this scene, in the Christmas tree lot,
1: does he actually want to get shot?
0: Yeah. What do you think?
1: I don't think he cares. I think mm. at this point, it's hey, if we catch this guy right now, great. If he shoots me s they're, they're going to open fire on him cuz he just killed a cop. Yep. Great. It's a win-win for Riggs. Got it. He okay, get,
0: I was thinking in terms of like two choices, either he truly wants to die or like he's doing this to get the guy off balance. But there's that third there's that third one, right? Like he doesn't he doesn't give a shit.
1: Yeah, he doesn't give a shit, but also he's still a cop, he wants to bring in the bad guys. Sure. So Okay. You know. All right. Uh, as morally gray as Riggs is as a character in some points mm-hmm. throughout this franchise, he's still a good cop. He's, still, he's not a crooked cop in any way.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's
1: that's true. That's true. Yep. Morally ambiguous at times? Absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm. Isn't that a subplot in, is it three or four? Yeah, that's four. where we're
1: introduced to, uh, no, in three. Three, Rene Russo. Uh, Renee, yeah, that's she's because right. she's in
0: Infernal Affairs. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, all right, so now back at his trailer, uh, Riggs come in and he greets his dog, the uh, the new TV, the Australian accent, and his evening devolves into basically him sitting on the couch, not, you know, basically crying in his cups, right? Which, with the always bad choice of alcohol and your firearm, you know, one in one hand, the other in the other, Right.
1: And throw in a Christmas carol on top of all yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, it's it's Looney Tunes Christmas carol, so, I mean, it's not going to be that depressing. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. It's not Muppets Christmas carol. Fuck. <laughs>
0: um, in addition to his booze and his gun, he's he also has the picture of his wife in his lap. Mm-hmm. He removes the magazine from his weapon. He ejects the round from the chamber. He takes a specific round that he'll later refer to as a hollow point. I didn't think that was, but I could be totally wrong, and I could be confusing the look of a hollow point with the look of a Hydra shock. That looks like a normal round to me, but I could be wrong. So, totally welcome that if I'm if I'm misreading that. Um, I have a question. Sure. Uh, why does he wipe the gun down? I noticed that myself. I think it is some people.
1: I, I think I, I think I just figured it out. Go ahead. His gun gets away from him in the the shootout. He gets knocked out of his hands. Someone else hands it back to him. He wants to make oh, sure there's no, no question Martin took his own life. So, like, I, there's no other prints on it.
0: Th- so, <sighs> that's a great. I, I did not think of that. I did not think of that. I at all. think
1: that's what he's doing. Again, as morally ambiguous or as, as down in the dumps as he is in this moment, he's still a cop and doesn't want anyone else to be taking the blame for. Yeah, this.
0: that's pretty good. That's pretty good, sure. I think that's what they're going for. Okay.
1: That's crazy. I'll take that. I literally just... Like, as we were talking about it, I was like, oh, that's what he's doing. Yeah, Fuck me. That's,
0: that's, that's a dark, dark shit, Jane Black. Yeah, right? He puts that single round into the chamber. He releases the slide. The, the gun is chambered. He puts the safety off. So, you mm-hmm. know, red means dead. That The gun will fire. He looks down the barrel, puts it to his forehead, then in his mouth, and you see him start to squeeze the trigger and then he stops himself crying. And again, listen, I don't know what dark shit Mel Gibson used. I don't know what kind of acting, you know, approach or technique he uses. His he's fucking wonderful in this scene, right? Like
1: yeah, I wrote it's really too bad that Mel Gibson is a anti Semitic misogynistic asshole because he's a really good actor. He
0: is a really good actor. Yeah, there's no way to watch that scene and not the, just have your heart break for the guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really done, absolutely really well done. Once more with feeling on three, one, major, uh, damn it, Cooley. Cooley. Oh, go go on Cooley. or go on the screen. Back at the police station, we've got Captain Murphy talking to a character who is treated seriously this time. The I bel- my probably a psychologist, right? Um yeah, who we saw in Shane Black's Monsters Squad. Monster Squad, right, right. Um the captain does not believe that Riggs is genuine he wants the cash i've seen it a hundred times but he'll come around the psychologist on the other hand is worried she points out may i remind you that his wife
1: of 11 years was recently killed in a car accident
0: the captain essentially goes into the men's room to end the conversation she's following him and he's like do you mind and he points at the door it's pretty Mm -hmm. pretty Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in his office murtaugh is getting an update on amanda's murder a couple other detectives are briefing on some other things they find out that she was poisoned There's poison in her system. Even if she didn't fall, she was going to die.
1: Yeah, the coroner's going to list her death as murder. Yes. Not suicide. Yeah.
0: As they're talking, so these two cops in there talking to him, he is distracted and he's watching a kind of a shady looking guy that's come into the squad room and is leading on one of the desks. It's Riggs, who of course Murtaugh has not yet met. But he's got a hat and someone
1: kind of like tells him to sit here. And so it kind of looks like he's he's being brought in for interrogation
0: it's his get up it's his narcotics undercover get up right he looks like a guy who would go buy some cocaine at a christmas tree lot right
1: <laughs> yeah and this is kind of the moment i i wrote the note later but i'll say it now riggs's hair length changes throughout this
0: entire oh,
1: fucking film
0: really did not notice that.
1: The Christmas tree drug deal, it's much tighter. It's like he's got the mullet, but it's okay. tighter or whatever you want to call it. It's not actually a mullet because it's long on top, too. Yeah. The feathered look. The,
0: the mane, the beautiful yeah. flowing mane. Yes.
1: But then in, in this scene, it's so much more. And then the next scene when they're in the parking lot, it's yeah. shorter. It's huh. obviously like shot at different times during the shoot and clearly continuity was not an issue on this film.
0: Again, the handcuff breaking. I think they're just you know like they don't it's okay. Right? Like nobody nobody cares. Yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah, that's true. You know, at this point and you're probably and this is not a dig. You're probably too young to remember this. Before the movie Tap Gun was released released on VHS. It was released on VHS um, for like 1999, which was groundbreaking. Prior to, and that was because Pepsi underwrote its VHS release. Yeah. Prior mm-hmm. to that, a VHS tape of a movie was typically in the eighty dollar range, like seventy nine ninety five.
1: Oh. oh yeah, 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 easily. I, I and uh, first of all, how fucking dare you?
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. uh, second of all, yes, I totally remember
0: that. Yeah, I feel like this is also an era where there's no such thing as a DVR. You know, VCRs exist, but you know, but they're
1: like seven hundred dollars. Yeah,
0: they are right. You can you might rent movies like Blockbuster. This is the beginning of its heyday. Yeah,
1: this is the beginning but, of a Blockbuster in the corner store. Yeah,
0: you know you don't have what you what we have today, which is like you know at nine a.m. The Doctor Strange two trailer gets released, and by nine fifteen, there's a reaction video that's pointing out specific frames, and they're like, "Somebody was removed from this shot." Did you see that one? Yeah, no shit. Somebody was removed, It's like in the Thor yeah. Love and Thunder one. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, oh, well, it's that's Thor corg, it and, it and then a giant fucking a, a empty giant spot. Space,
1: right? Yeah, and yeah. everyone's like, "Look, it? yeah, of course it is. They removed yeah. somebody. It's probably Loki."
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, to your point about continuity, our ability to dissect literally frame by frame. Just did not exist at that time on any kind of a grand scale. Oh, yeah! Good luck trying to do it. Yeah, Yeah. you're going to see it in the theater, and then maybe Uh a year later, two years later, it'll be on HBO. Which again, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you can set it to record off your VCR, but that's a pain in the ass. You know, not everybody's doing that, right? We totally did that a shit ton. (laughs) Oh, of course. Oh, same, same.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's kind of like one of my favorites is. Because like Star Trek the Next Generation was a rough, what well, was literally the same time, 87. Sure. Yeah. The very first episode in Connor at Farpoint, when they are in the holodeck, Wesley falls in some water and Data jumps down a whole bunch of rocks to pick him up. And not until they released it on 1080p, we never noticed that it. oh, it's not fucking Brent Spiner jumping down those rocks. It is super duper clear that it is some other dude in gold paint. Come like. on. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You no never, kidding. Kn- you could, and they didn't think about it. They, pff, sure, 1080p wasn't a thing
0: when in yeah, '87. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sure, sure, sure. Oh, that's so wild. That's so wild. Um, yeah, a bunch
1: of these movies from that time. Now that they've been up converted. You're like, hello. Um, <laughs>
0: so I want to move more briskly through the plot. Um,
1: this is your car. Go for problem it.
0: Problem with this is I could go literally shot by shot, and that's just that's just overkill. Let's not forget one very
1: important <laughs> thing that happens at the end of the scene. Riggs pulls his gun out. Murtaugh goes to run for it, and I love—he's like gun, and Riggs gun! like gun. What? Yeah. Oh shit! Me? Wait. <laughs> he dumps <laughs> him over. Doesn't throw. Yep. Raj, meet your new partner. And what does Murtaugh say? I'm getting too old for this shit. No, he says, I'm too old for this shit. Getting doesn't start until <laughs> two.
0: Got it. Got it. Got it. This
1: is, it it's it's like uh, Luke, I'm your father. Yeah. It's got misquoted it. yep. in this it's misquoted.
0: movie. Yep. So now let's say this, as we often do, and I'm sure you feel the same thing. Um, and I don't know that our audience necessarily recognizes this. This is a movie I've seen a hundred times. I still watched it with a different eye. Watching it for this podcast is a different process, even for a movie we've seen a hundred times. We're looking for things like all of the details, all the themes, the tone, you know, all of those yeah. pieces. I will say this, on this close rewatch, this plot is incredibly solid, incredibly solid. It's also incredibly simplistic. Yes.
1: I always kind of felt like there was a lot going on in this film. There is, but at its core, it is Nam uh, veterans yep, who discovered a uh, cocaine ring in Nam. Her- heroin. Heroin. Heroin ring. Excuse me. Heroin ring. They took it over when the, the Viet Cong left. And they've been bringing it into the country ever since. Like, yep.
0: Jesus Christ. And the investigation of Amanda's murder. So I'll move quickly through this. Stop me anywhere you want. So along the way, we're going to meet. Well, Mr. okay. Wait. I'm sorry. Yeah. Before
1: we, because I just I have it here, and yeah. it will help yeah, yeah. get into the Mister Joshua thing. Yes. And I want to tread very lightly on this because okay. I'm not discrediting what our soldiers went through in Nam. It was a horrible thing. They were treated like shit when they came back. It is one of the many, sadly, many, many dark pages in American history. Mm -hmm. But it seems like it's a trope that is so easy for them to do where if you were a nom with another person, your fucking buddies for life and your ride or die. And I just I cannot believe that many people came back with that feeling. I may be wrong. And if I am, I apologize. I mean, no disrespect, but it just—it's such a trope at this point. Like, hey, you and I were in the fields, and and the, then the Viet Cong were all around yeah. us, so we're we're gonna you know do anything for each other. I'm like, oh.
0: so I'll say this. I've said this on podcasts before. I, you know, I was deployed to the Persian Gulf twice for Operation mm-hmm. Southern Watch. I did my last year in Korea at a time where tensions were high with North Korea.
1: Thank goodness we're past that.
0: Yeah right, um, but I never saw active combat. I I w- served between Gulf Wars. So I want to be very clear. I do not consider myself a combat veteran. I was not in combat. Right, you're just right? A, you're a veteran.
1: Right? I, um, I'm glad I corrected myself. You're not just a veteran. No, no, no <laughs> you are a veteran. Oh no, no, that's fine. No, no,
0: no. But, <laughs> but 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 I am not a combat veteran. Christian's older brother, my ex wife's first son is a Marine Corps veteran, and he is a combat veteran. He saw combat in, I believe, <sighs> Afghanistan, and Jesus. I think potentially Iraq as well. So I want to draw the distinction. I am not that, and I'm not suggesting that. But I'll say this. Speaking from my place of ignorance, not having that life experience, you've seen the bond that I have with Chuck. You know, we just went down to Florida to celebrate Chuck's 50th birthday. Our mm-hmm. other buddy, Dave, uh, that we served with, were down there as well. And Chuck's wife, Melissa, we also served with. She was a cop in the same squadron. Um, She was a cop? She was a cop. Uh, But, you know, we have this bond, and I've been out for 22 years now, and we, you know, we flew to Florida to celebrate Chuck's birthday. So Mm -hmm. if I have this relationship with these people that I was not in combat with, but I served with, then I got to imagine that it's to the nth degree beyond that. So I get it. I don't think it's unique to the Vietnam War. I okay. think well, I, I, I think, think you would find that in service members at any time.
1: We're twelve years removed from us losing the war, and so it's it's a hot button topic. I just I feel the same way. Huh. I just uh, suffered through Moonfall, and uh, oh oh, so clearly well, I well, can skip that one, huh? I I kind of want you to watch it just so we could shit on it together. Okay, <laughs> all right.
0: I, just well, we've done that before.
1: It's super fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, but at one point, because it's throwing uh, New York City gets pelted by chunks of the moon. Sure. As you do. What doesn't get hit once? The Statue of Liberty? No, the World Trade Center. Oh, the World Trade... Oh. The New World Trade Center. I'm like... Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Probably because in and Independence why? Day 1, the World Trade so Center gets hit in a very... Sure, sure, sure. ...familiar, uh, creepy way, even yeah, though it yeah. was seven years beforehand. Like, I, I, it's just, it's the kind of the same thing. Like, 9 11 imagery, uh, sure, sometimes is accidental, mm-hmm. sometimes is very purposeful. Like, Cloverfield still have a hard time watching that movie because I was not expecting it to be kind of an analogy for 9 11. Uh, hmm. yeah, it's that's a rough watch for me. Now, much like you, I was on the island of Manhattan. Yep. For 9 11. I was nowhere fucking near Ground Zero. Uh, I, was I was not. 100...
0: A, I was not in New York for no. Right? I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm saying okay. much like I was,
1: you. I I was there, but I wasn't a combat. Sure, sure, sure. I, like, you draw
0: that distinction.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was there. I don't like talking about it. I but I was a hundredth and first. So got it. Okay. Way fucking up there.
0: Almost other end of the island. Yeah.
1: Yeah, my mother had to actually call me to tell me to turn on the TV. Oh, like, Jesus. Hold didn't down. hear anything, nothing. It was, that's it's crazy. a wild, wild kind of four days. But yeah. uh, that's how it was for me. But like, there are people that were down there that, sur- that survived. They have a different uh, story and everything. So I guess what I'm trying to, I don't know. Maybe that's why I feel weird about this. I'm so disconnected from Vietnam. Yeah. That maybe I don't see that, but I see when 9 imagery happens in film. So mm-hmm. maybe that's maybe 9 11 is Hollywood's new nom.
0: Like, okay, sure, sure. I'm going to give the quick overview of the rest of the plot, which I'll again, I'll say because <laughs> we just spent a
1: shit ton of yeah. time on some pretty dark yeah, that's shit. It.
0: Yeah. Uh, so again, this is a solid plot. And even if you take the angle, so Murtaugh and Riggs are investigating Amanda Hunsacker's murder. Mm -hmm. Murtaugh has this connection to her father. We'll find out later, to your point, that he is involved in this group that is continuing to smuggle heroin into the United States. He had second thoughts. His partners killed his daughter as a message. Um, But they are investigating her murder. So they logically look to see who was paying her bills, who was paying the rent on that apartment. They go to this place. A guy shoots at them. They kill him. That's the guy in the pool, right? Yeah, so yeah. dead end there.
1: Great dead face on the guy yeah, in the pool. It is a like, great dead face, yeah. <laughs> was that his audition?
0: Well, one, it's a great dead face. Two, it's a great thug face. The guy's face, the poor guy, like that's yeah. his real face. He's got to walk around with that. He looks like a he looks like a thug, right? He looks like a coke dealer. Yeah. yeah he <laughs> he totally looks like does.
1: a coke and <laughs> thug. Yeah.
0: He totally does. Um, along the way, you know, Merton Riggs. The conflict heightens. Murtaugh realizes that Riggs is certainly not faking this, but is is a a you know, a man on the edge, a man at risk. Um
1: Yeah, that scene after the jump yes. has such great like comedy in the beginning, like when he goes to slam the door to the yeah, the, the, it's the a shop, shop and he goes, yeah. shoot, shoot. And Riggs just kind of looks at like, do you yeah. feel better? And then it becomes a very much a Shane Black moment. Yeah, it's, it's great.
0: Sometimes we talk about small acting. Murtaugh is almost egging Riggs on. Take my gun.
1: Don't nibble on the barrel. Pull a trigger. Go ahead, pal. Be my
0: guest. Go ahead if you're serious. You Yo, first hit Riggs me, puts man. it to his temple. Put it in your mouth. Bullet might go through your, your ear and not kill yeah, you. Under the, yeah, 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 under yeah, the chin. Yeah. yeah, So, as he does this, and Riggs goes to squeeze the trigger, and at the last, right before Murtaugh stops him by jamming his, the webbing of his thumb in, there's a Ow. shot, and it's such a perfect editing choice. You know, it's like the back and forth, and the tension is high. And then we we cut back to a close up of Riggs' face. You're not trying to draw
1: a psycho pigeon.
0: You really are crazy. And all of a sudden, his eyes—you just see his face relax. He's done. He's—he's he's pulling the trigger.
1: Yeah, and as his face relaxes, Murchaus face goes into oh shit.
0: Yeah, and and he stops uh, him, and and of course the the hammer of the revolver, you know, catches his thumb, and he's like, ow. But so it Riggs can't was explode dead. The, yeah. Yeah, Riggs yeah. was totally dead. But but that moment and that choice for that shot, I just—the the movie for me gets all of its legitimacy, I think, in that shot right there.
1: The only thing I'll say there is Murtaugh's on the phone before the jumper scene
0: Yes, yes. with
1: the psychologist yep. and they go to leave because they get the jumper call. Riggs is eating a hot dog. <laughs> yeah. At the end of this scene, what does Riggs say? I'm hungry. I'm going to go and get something. To eat. Before Brad Pitt did it, Mel Gibson was doing it. No, I forgive it in this because I'm like, well, you did just jump off a building. And almost shoot yourself in the face. Your adrenaline probably kicked yeah. in to get rid of that <laughs> hot dog.
0: That's right. That's right. Go that's get right.
1: yourself a nice steak.
0: That's right. That's right. Uh, they go to the, the guy who was paying the bills for uh, Amanda Hunsacker. They kill a guy there. Um, they then continue their investigation. So they go to Dixie's. Her house blows up.
1: We get our F slur.
0: <laughs> yeah. Breadcrumbs. Now they're trying to learn about Dixie. Who saw... Who you know, might who might have she have been with before she was killed? Blah blah blah, um, and this is when Riggs is shot in the in the drive-by, right? Like, but again, these are all very logical things. There's no, in my opinion, I mean, you, there's no, plot you, just skipped, holes.
1: you just skipped a whole bunch of stuff.
0: Yeah, I, I, did. I oh, did. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, when they're trying to figure it out and they're doing the shooting range thing, Murtaugh's like, okay, suppose it was Dixie. Okay. Disgusting, but okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's that, come down here that's for a, a little <laughs> bit of a uh, appearances. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. I was like, yeah, no. Yeah, exactly.
1: And also the deleted scene after going to the Murtaugh's for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The added scene of him picking up a sex worker.
0: Yes. hundred bucks? What'd you have in
1: mind? Well, I want you to come home and watch television with me. That's all? Yeah. Yeah, three stooges are on in about 20 minutes, you know. And this watch, I finally figured out, because I've only watched the, di- the director's cut like two or three times. Yeah. He's doing that to keep her safe. She's going to go home with him to just watch.
0: Mm. Oh, right. going
1: to pay for, for her night. No. I don't think they had sex.
0: Oh, no, no. They did not have sex they did not have sex it's not to keep her safe he is so lonely a little bit of
1: column a column B oh. I think he's keeping a sex worker from from having something terrible done to her
0: oh I don't think so I don't think it's that at all I, I think all right. it's I think it's purely I think that's illustrating how deeply lonely he is but okay to our listeners tell us you know what do you think what's your take on that? which which side do you go yeah, to yeah 100 percent So the movie so logically and effectively sets up the final conflict, which is Uh Murtaugh's daughter, Rianne, has been kidnapped by General McAllister and his man, Mr. Joshua and the thugs, because although they killed Michael Hunsacker... They realize that he was talking to the police. They don't know what the police knows. There's a big heroin shipment coming in. They need to find out. They think they've killed Riggs in a drive-by. And in fact, Mr. Joshua calls the police to see. The police are bluffing. Nope, Detective Riggs was killed. Right? So they're good. Yeah. Rianne's kidnapped. And they make the call to Murtaugh. You know, basically, you know, we want to talk. We got your daughter. From this point on, it is a nonstop adrenaline roller coaster that never puts a foot in the wrong place from the moment from the moment the uh Murtaugh drops rigs off in the desert there it is flawlessly executed yeah come um, at me bro right <laughs> not you <laughs> we,
1: no i'm i'm in 100% agreement with you the desert drop off uh have you ever seen the movie gallipoli uh
0: i've not seen it but i know what it is
1: it's I Desert believe War. that is yeah. why that. But that's why Mel runs the way he does because that's the whole thing. He's a very fast runner. He's a track star. Yeah, yeah. For the Australians, and that's it's been fucking forever since I've seen the movie. But yeah, that's the whole thing. Like, and I never knew like Gallipoli is is Australia's nom. Like it's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Going back to the kids that see Dixie's house get blown up. Sure. <laughs> can we just spend <laughs> yeah. a hot second yeah. on? No! Alfred. Oh, this is this is Alfred. Hey, meet Alfred. This is Alfred. Alfred, hi. What does he say next? I bet you like go-bots. And I wanted that kid to go, are you fucking kidding it, me? Nobody likes go-bots, right? Nobody <laughs> likes go-bots. I was <laughs> 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 like, could they not afford yeah.
0: to say Transformers? Did you paint it. Paint it. It was a tattoo. It was a tattoo. Like Popeye yeah, the No. No, no, no. It no, no, like, no, no. Not it like like Popeye. It was like him. And he points Are to you the sure? special <laughs> forces tattoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they, they drop in their uh, Air America. Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. very strange because Mel Gibson would go on a couple years later to star in a movie called Air America. Yes. We love the
0: same thing Iron Man. Great movie.
1: With Iron Man. Yes. It's a great movie. Yeah, yeah. That's why Robert Down Jr. is f- so ride or die yeah. for him. One hundred percent. Yep. Yep. Because that was the first time I believe that's the first time Robert got in trouble. I think with so. drugs.
0: And Gibson stood by him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So let's get to the, the conflict at the end yes. in the desert. Because yes, yes. it's uh first of all, uh rest in peace, the twin brother of the man who also died in the Nakatomi Tower heist. Um <laughs> it's really sad that two identical twins who weirdly have the same haircut and facial hairstyle, both go out in very, very violent ways. It's uh, the poor parents. It's um, got be, to gotta be tough.
0: So uh, I love the way this scene is set up. Riggs is dropped off, right? So he goes running in with a, a rifle, and mm-hmm. Murtaugh shows up for the meet, uh, a limo, a SUV, and a helicopter converge on him his yeah. daughter's there How
1: fucking extra of McAllister to show up in a fucking helicopter. <laughs> like, Jesus man. Well,
0: he's not in the helicopter, but his thats mother, right. He's in the limo. No, nah, right. he's in neither because as Murtaugh is like, you show me my daughter. The, like, oh, that's right. Free. He's yeah.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: And this is actually like a, this is, um, a brilliant example of really like, I think in terms of counterterrorism, but, um, this is a totally solid tactic. So, if you have, in this case, it's a meeting. When I was in the service in Kuwait, there was a heightened threat level at that time. At times, we had to go from Al Jaber Air Base to Camp Doha, an army base uh, in Kuwait City. Um, there was one route we got that we took to get there. Our OSI folks, Office of Special Intelligence, um, they were responsible for counterterrorism efforts you know, from an intelligence perspective with the Air Force. Um, y- you would look at that route between two places, for example, and say, okay, where is the most likely place, like, where is this route vulnerable? Where could someone set up an ambush from? Okay, right. this is a spot that's vulnerable. Maybe it's a spot where... The terrain is narrow. It narrows, and it slows down, and it's a perfect place to trap people for a killing Uh zone, right? Um, Okay, so if you're going to set up an ambush there, you're going to be firing from here or here. Okay, great. So we're going to surveil these places where you would attack from. This is exactly what McAllister has done. Now, so he knows probably the route that Murtaugh took to get there. Right. He's essentially coming in from that route sweeping. And sure enough, although Riggs is able to take out most of his men before he can fire the kill shot on Mr. Joshua. Uh you hear the, the click of the bolt going forward. Yeah, bad stuff's yeah, about to bad happen. Stuff. It's so tight. It makes so much sense. It's so smart. This move, this script mm-hmm. is so good. Sorry, gushing over. Um So, of course, uh, this ends with Riggs being captured, being walked in by McAllister. Uh, Murtaugh has been shot in the arm um, and taken captive. And although Rianne initially escaped in the limo, the helicopters brought it to a stop. And so all three of them are captive, and they're fucked.
1: They are super-duper fucked. Torture scenes galore. Um, Thankfully, nothing happens to Rianne. Um, But the the
0: threat is so... Perfectly done, right? Like, yep, nothing happens to her, but you know what's going to happen to her.
1: If they don't give up the information, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I can't figure out
1: who's... Torture is worse. Riggs with the electrocution, or Roger just getting beaten within an inch of his life, and then salt being literal salt being thrown on his wounds
0: in his gunshot wound, right? Because that's where he's shot yeah. in his shoulder. It's but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh I, yeah. And well, and then and then what's worse is the salt in R- Murtaugh's gunshot wound worse than the threat of when his daughter is dragged away. And as he's mm-hmm. cussing and spitting blood, he's like, don't yeah. and then, go spit, go yeah. spit. And, <laughs> and then he has this moment. He goes, don't. And McAllister's line.
1: Spare me, son. It's over. There's no more heroes left in the world. Oh,
0: that's a fucking morally uh, yes, I wrote bankrupt. that down. Yeah. Because that's at the end, that's
1: after Riggs gets out, because there are no heroes left in the world. Q Riggs (laughs) coming in, (laughs) kicking ass and taking names. Literally
0: throwing a henchman's body, Endo, right? Throwing the guy, throwing Endo, yeah. Who's a total that guy actor as well? Yeah, he's the guy from Nakatomi Tower. His twin brother died in Nakatomi Tower. I'm sorry, that was the reference. I didn't get it. I didn't get it, yep, yep. Uh, Now I think if, if I remember correctly, that actor is a pretty accomplished martial artist and I think often performs in roles where he is he's using martial art. So his name is oh, Al well, not
1: in either one of these. Yeah,
0: not in either of these. <laughs> Al Leong, yeah, he's an American actor and stunt man. Picked up a cult fan following based around his numerous appearances in high voltage ac- high voltage action flicks from the n- mid nineteen eighties onward. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he's got seventy five actor credits. Does that include stunts? Uh, so, and uh, then thirty
1: six I- stunt credits. Yeah. Wow, Jesus. Good for him.
0: Yeah, he I, I like him. He's he's good and uh he's great in this. In in this, he's endo, and he has forgotten more about pain than uh than what uh Mr. Joshua or Riggs will ever know.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, of course that doesn't save him. So Riggs comes in, um, you know, takes out everybody, Joshua and the general escape. And now Riggs, Murtaugh, and Rianne have to make their way out through the crowded nightclub that is clearly the cover for McAllister's uh, business. Um, I, you know, uh, can we talk about real quick? Yeah. The,
1: the, so that when they go into the bar, yes. And Riggs takes out that first guy. I'll drop it in. The guy's death moan is so fucking cool. It's like chasing Sue's Riggs is going after Joshua right on foot on foot. <laughs> Again, Gallipoli. Gallipoli <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. His running. Well, now, look, his running is the exact polar opposite of Steven Seagal running.
1: Oh, <laughs> how dare you! <laughs> well, it's it's up there with Tom Cruise running. Like, yes, <laughs> Tom Cruise looks great when he runs. That's why he runs in every fucking thing uh, he's in.
0: Tom Cruise, I think, was also a track athlete, or was yeah, it gymnastics? I,
1: one of the two. I mean, it helps him yeah. with his stunts, but I love it yeah. in, uh, is it Rogue Nation? I think it's in Rogue Nation. One of the, <laughs> I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, there is it. A- you're <laughs> right. He runs for like 12 minutes straight. It's <laughs> so great. I wanted Christopher McQuarrie to come on the screen and be like, huh? Eh? See what we're
0: doing here? <laughs> he runs a shit ton. It's hilarious. He's runs- okay, bye. Riggs, although he chases Mr. Joshua, forces him Uh, to change vehicles. Joshua gets away. Mm -hmm. Murtaugh, still at the scene of the nightclub, um, as cops are responding, sees the general in his car with his driver coming down an alley.
1: Yeah, and we said earlier, diplomatic immunity has just been revoked. Yeah. It's like one in 1A. No way you live. No way. Like Fuck. Uh, (laughs) Murtaugh's got a little bit of a dark side.
0: Okay. You know, a beautiful callback to that moment on the range where where he's standing there and he simply draws his weapon and fires, you know, in the range it was three shots, right? But they're all headshots. In this case, he fires one shot, gets out of the way of the car, but that one shot shoot, hits the driver in the head, kills mm-hmm. him. The car goes out of control into the street. Is it hit by a bus? Yeah. And flips. The uh-huh. car lights on fire. McAllister is pinned in it. We see the cocaine. You know, his the bags have come loose. The grenades are sitting there, and as he's grasping, trying to get the grenades to throw them clear, of course the it explodes, and it's the perfect kind of poetic justice. Right? Yeah, he's
1: barbecuing his nuts on Hollywood Boulevard.
0: On Hollywood Boulevard. So uh, Riggs returns back to the theater. They're getting. He wants to get Roger to the hospital, but Roger realizes that they know they know where i live they know my they know where i live so they're going to his house they call ahead for units as they do quick point of procedural these two cops that are that are guarding the Murtaugh residence fucking suck the only thing they should get credit for is when mr joshua pulls up in the car the one thing that the the pat, the pat cop on the passenger side, at least he gets out of the car and stands next to it. But that's yeah. the only credit they get because one of the things he does that's a horrible thing is he stands right next to the car. So Mr. Joshua has a single uh, line for his shot. You know, like you want to spread out. So a person has to make a move to fire to hit two different targets. Right. Terrible tactics by those cops. They sucked. They sent the worst cops to, to uh safeguard the, the Murtaugh home. How are they? Are they? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um uh so uh Riggs and Joshua fight.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Would awesome. you believe this was longer in the original cut? No. It is si- apparently sizably longer, hence why like Suddenly, they just have weird bruises on their faces when no hits have happened. <laughs> it, Again, got it, got it. they didn't care about continuity. They just wanted to make sure it looked badass, and it, it does.
0: It, it, yeah, yeah. Th- this fight so pays off. So, at one point, Joshua picks up the post like that sits in the front yard with like mm-hmm. the lantern on top of it, and he's swinging that at Riggs. Uh, Murtaugh tosses Riggs a police baton, which is really the Japanese tonfa, which is it's the baton with the handle sticking out the side. Yeah, and for what protection, I love, yeah. Yeah, and what I love, it Riggs uses it perfectly. He uses it like a tonfa's use It It can be used to block. You can also swing it to extend your reach. It, yeah. It's a perfect use of that weapon. <laughs> and I love his... Yeah, come on! Come on! Yeah, show me what you got! Come on. come on! And, of course, the fight ends. Riggs is choking out Joshua. And while Murtaugh is urging Riggs to, you know, kill him... Uh, to break Riggs, his neck, yeah. Yeah, break his neck. You know, Riggs makes the choice, right? He's, he's still a cop. To your earlier point, he's still a cop, and mm-hmm. he lets him go, right? Yeah. So his other cops come in to cuff him. They have horrible tactics. Mr. Joshua grabs one of their weapons, and as he pulls it out, uh, Merton and Riggs both fire and, of course, shoot Joshua dead.
1: And Joshua's death is shot in what I w- can only describe as lethal weapon slow motion. <laughs> I've never seen it in any other movie this yeah. like echo effect slow-mo it's the same when he pulls the house on stilts down sure, uh, sure. in three it's when he uses it, the cop killers on uh what's his face from zorro
0: yeah, yes. It's the exact opposite of the Michael Bay. It, like, Michael Bay, something cool is happening. I don't want you to see exactly what it is. This is the exact opposite. Something cool is happening, and I want you to see exactly what it is. But the way it's shot, it's not It's not true slow-mo. It's like, like
1: if we were to stitch all those scenes together and you were mm-hmm. to see it, you'd go, oh, it's... It's so fucking weird, and I—it's literally the only. And if someone out there knows what it's called, if it has a specific if there's name, a
0: technique, yeah, for the for,
1: and if it's in other movies, but I've only seen it in the Lethal Weapon films. Well, oh,
0: that's a good question. Oh, you got me. Yep, you got, you got my. Uh, you got my interest peaked here. All right. Um, so then we <laughs> get a, a a really beautiful wrap up, right? So mm-hmm. Riggs is at his wife's grave. He wishes her a merry Christmas. He shows up at the Murtaugh's. Rianne answers the door. They have a nice little moment there. Riggs hands her a bullet with a, you know, wrapped in a ribbon. It's a present for him. Tell him I won't be needing it anymore.
1: Uh, and he goes to leave. Which apparently was, I think, where the script was supposed to end. Oh, really? If I remember correctly. And the studio wanted a little, like, happier button beyond. Yeah. Riggs hands a, hands a bullet.
0: And, and it worked. So as Riggs is going to leave, Murtaugh comes around. Have to, oh, yeah. I think I'm going to eat the world's lousiest Christmas turkey by myself. You're crazy. Riggs does. He calls in his dog. The sounds of what's happening from inside while we're outside. The dog mm-hmm. and the cat. I don't
1: think Burbank the cat's going like this. I'll put
0: five on the money. Apparently meet each other, and there's chaos. Sam and, Sam and Burbank, yeah, just uh, <laughs> that's
1: fucking that's chaos that's right. ensues. <laughs> Roger just looking up at the skyline.
0: I'm too old <laughs> And then we hear and the, the, the soft strains of I'll Be Home for Christmas. Oh, weird. It opens and closes on a... Christmas. Yeah, it's totally a movie that takes place at like Christmas time. A- Christmas movie! Oh, <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> and... Uh, movie. It only...
1: Ah, so Todd, that was our wonderful reminiscence of a
0: great fucking movie yeah listen you you tell me you want to watch an action movie and you say we're watching lethal weapon i'm in i mean that's all you that's all you need to say motherfucker
1: what about if i say we're gonna watch lethal weapon
0: 2 i'm still in i'm still in what about lethal weapon 3 i'm still
1: in what about lethal weapon 4 how much beer do we
0: have Oh, a lot of bad. Oh, then I'm, yeah, then I'm in. We'd have to. We'd have to, with all the sure. racism, to just ignore sure, it. Sure, 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 sure. Chris oh, Rock. Fuck. You know, I forget that Chris Rock is in that movie.
1: Yeah, he gets Rianne pregnant. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he sure does. Yeah,
1: yeah. Holy cow. And Will Smith. Sla- no, wait.
0: Oh, how dare. You keep my... At- yeah, all right. um Hey, Casey. Keep my wife's <laughs> name. Out your fucking mouth. Oh, that's unfortunate. Um,
1: okay. Uh, hey, so uh, Todd, as we always we do, do, we got some questions. Yes, yes. I think I know the answer of to the course. first one. Yeah, who's your favorite character? It's is it Martin, Martin Riggs. Riggs? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, how about now? How about you? Same, mm, no, it's Murtaugh. Okay, I'll
0: go for Murtaugh. Yeah. listen, this works, it, it you know. This works because of the two of them. You know, you referenced Absolutely. Beverly Hills Cast. It is not that's not three equals. This is two yeah. equals. Yeah, yeah. Yep. 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 Um Casey, what is the best scene?
1: Oof, but doof. Um, there's so many good ones. That's why I'm I'm pausing. Yeah. I can't think of one specific that I want to crown the best. I'll say the jumper.
0: Yeah. Listen, it's, wh- cause it's really where you're like, Oh, this guy's super unhinged. Yeah. We are in, <laughs> you, you can, you can truly point to any scene in this movie. And I'm not going to disagree. It, Shane, yeah. Shane Black could teach a masterclass in screenplay writing. This, this movie is just incredible. So I just want to
1: point out at this point that it was uh, not until last year that you finally saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang.
0: Yeah, that's true, which I loved, which was amazing, as you said it was. Um, you know, a- another one that's, y- y- you know, I think he has not peaked, right? It's not like he's not like a guy who had some good stuff early on. Um, the Nice Guys,
1: yeah. brilliant I movie. mean, listen, Shane, Shane Black's had some valleys in there, too. He's had some not great movies, too. but But it's not like he had a period where he was good,
0: and then after that period, he's he, no he, longer good. Or it's not like M. Night Shyamalan bad. It's, you know. Yeah. You, which, you got some variation. But God. Nice Guys, again, I'll watch that. If you're like, hey, listen, we're going to go watch Nice Guys. I'm like, okay, I'm in. A great
1: double feature would be Lethal Weapon and Nice Guys. Perfect. Shane Black, Buddy Cop movies. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. All right. Uh, Though the plot in Nice Guys, the more farther away I'm removed from it, it's, it's a little convoluted. It's, like, it's it's I can't sit here and go, here's what happened. Like, there's something with cars. There's th- I just, I don't know. I don't
0: it's, it's more convoluted. But it's... Yeah. But, yes. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, okay. Uh, and again, so for me, best scene, you know, again, I'm fine with the jumper scene. That's a great choice. You know, the whole... The the payoff at the end is so satisfying. Both McAllister's death, um, mm-hmm. Joshua's, and the fight, uh, but even like the little moments. Uh, I mean, the Christmas tree lot uh, again, which is where you see kind of the depth of Riggs' pain. You know, in the theatrical release, wonderful. You know, so uh, yeah, yeah. Point to anything, I'm good.
1: Yeah, that's why I was having trouble because uh, all of those were contenders in my head. Agree, agree. Uh, is there anything you would cut now from the theat-
0: from the directors? Uh, no, I, I you know I see why, I, I see what those other scenes do. I'm good with them, the, and it's this is not a short movie. It's almost two hours. It's like a it's two hours with the, with, with the, the
1: added yeah. scenes, but without them, I think it only adds like ten minutes. 10 12 minutes yeah. tops, and it's all front end stuff, yeah. Like, pretty much from they think Riggs is dead to the end, the, yeah, is no, the exact yeah, same movie, yeah. Mm.
0: yeah. And there's nothing I would cut, I mean, because again, yeah. this there, there's no holes, there's no things that don't make sense logically. That this is tight.
1: Here's a tough one,
0: yeah. Oh, no, wait, you ask it. oh, I'm yeah, sorry. sure, sure. So, but you're right, this is a tough one. Who is the now? In the next movie, it's going to be a lot easier to see.
1: Oh, yeah. It's Leo Gets. It's Leo
0: Gets But in this movie, who is the actor having the most fun?
1: I don't think it's Mel because he had to go to some pretty uh, fucking dark places. Agree. And,
0: he, and again, he's acting his ass off. So I, I'm with you on that. Yeah.
1: And I don't think it's uh, Danny because he's in a lot of those dark scenes with him. And he has a lot to do in this film. You know, I think it's Mitchell Ryan. Okay. He gets to just be a mustache twirling douchebag bad guy, similar to that. Gets a pretty fucking epic epic death. death, Yeah, (laughs) I always
0: I wanted him like when the car exploded. I wanted someone like don't don't inhale any of this. That's right. right. Uh, Did you read that the original one or one of the earlier versions of the script had an exploding plane with cocaine? That exploded over the Hollywood sign. So it looked so cocaine was falling. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because it's a Christmas movie. Well, because it takes place at Christmas. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. I don't think Mel Gibson, I I can see the General McAllister. I also, I'm not confident on this, but you know, I got to think Gary Busey, again, like you'd get to be in this movie, in this movie, what he's doing. Like you get to be he has to light, light
1: his fucking arm on fire. Now I know he didn't actually, actually yeah. do it. No, of course not. But, but he's still wearing the gel and all that stuff. Yeah. But, or, it's, uh, or is or so it, it, it could have, be, we, it could we, be a
0: forced perspective thing, right? Like
1: that's exactly what I was going to say. Or is it forced perspective? They've got a bigger lot lighter. So it looks like it's, yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I, you know, I think this is, this is before his motorcycle accident, right? Where he has that, hmm. the, the in, head injury. Um, I, I yeah. mean, I look. You get to, you get to be the bad guy, and although he's not the big boss in terms of the story, in terms of what's happening on screen, and especially yeah. the fight scene at the end, it might be Gary Busey having the most fun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um. Well, you know
1: we didn't spend any time on the guy that comes in to the club with the yeah. the cigarette. <laughs> he's a that. He's a he's totally a that guy actor. He's d- discount Bill Paxton in True Lies. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yes. Bill Paxton saw this yes. character. like I want him to put this character in a bigger it, film. And then when he got cast in True Lies, just showed this scene to James Cameron. And said, "Yeah, this, but the whole movie."
0: So he is. Uh, so the character's name is Mendez. The uh-huh. actor's name is Edo Ross. He was uh, Itchy in Dick Tracy. He was oh shit! He was okay. in Universal Soldier with Dolph Lundgren, which is a in, in Val Kilner, or not Val Kilner, uh Dolph Lundgren and jean Claude Van Damme, which is a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Lieutenant Touchdown in Full Metal Jack, Jacket. Fuck. He's in Red Heat, where he's the antagonist for Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the Russian mobster.
1: Ooh, it's been a it's been a hot yep. minute since I've seen Red
0: Heat. Uh, oh, that movie. Police detective Cliff Willis in the Hidden, that sci-fi buddy cop action movie we keep talking no about. No fucking way, yeah.
1: that's crazy. But I, I think I, I think we both need to watch the Hidden. I think We I might mean, need to. It's, yeah, it's the universe telling us. But that's the third time. That's
0: his name, Edo Ross, and he's he's great. He,
1: yeah, he's great. Oh, he's so good. Like coming in all cocksure, and yeah. then all of a sudden being like, oh, I didn't realize I was dealing with You're using fucking okay. mercenaries.
0: Say it's not true. My people are loyal <laughs> to me. Yeah. Um <laughs> All right. So, Casey, you may recall from the beginning of our discussion, uh, this movie has a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. How do you rate it?
1: I'm going to put this a solid 8.7, the year it came out, 87.
0: Okay. Um, uh, This is the movie that sets the bar for this genre, it's sure. This genre is never executed better than this. This is a 10 out of 10. Okay. Yeah. All right. And that's fine. That's fine. Um <laughs> now Dad's breakdown. No. <laughs> so I've watched no. I've watched it with Joe. He liked it. Um okay. and but Joe's like Joe's gotten into Arnold and, and 80s action movies and stuff. And Joe is also 16? Uh, 15 so? now. He'll be 16 this Almost fall. Yeah. So,
1: this so, fall. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like teenage, if sure. if they have no problem with violence and nudity doesn't really freak them
0: out. Yep. Um. Yes. My children? my ch- uh, No. That, Good Lord, no. That's fair. And, <laughs> you know, fair to point out, this is a rated R movie. It's sure an eighty-seven is. R, so PG um, thirteen existed at the time. This is not a PG thirteen. It's never going to get yeah, a PG-13. yeah. No, 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 no. It's yeah, yeah.
1: So I mean, that's fair. That's it. Opening shot alone, there's boobs. It's sure R sure. for this thing. But
0: they're very, they're very, in my opinion, harmless boobs. They're not salacious. Think, she just happens well, to be nude. But I say
1: paid. there's no no boobs in PG thirteen movies, but you know, James Cameron has entered the chat with Titanic. <laughs> That's right.
0: Which are it also got not, an
1: R- not salacious, right? It got an R rating mm. because he went to the MPAA and argued it. He's like they're like, they're a breasts. And he's like, it's not sexual. He's painting. You could go to any museum in the entire world and see mm. breasts in a painting. Hmm. It's not absolutely fine. And he won it. He won getting it knocked out of PG-13 because he knew it would have killed the movie. And it became, you know, the fucking biggest movie of 1994. For a
0: long time until something better beat it. All right. Uh, So, Casey, that – so your season of Spielberg – Excellent choices. Um, Mine, uh, you know, more of a mixed bag for you. Two out of three ain't bad, as Meatloaf tells us.
1: Peaks, I I would like to say peaks and valleys. Peaks and valleys.
0: valleys. That's fair. That's fair. Um, So this brings us to the end of this season of Patreon.
1: And normally this would be where I would say the next film. Sure. uh, Because it would be my pick. But dear Special Forces. Yes, yes. We're going to... Take a little pause on Patreon. Yes, uh, we've decided that it's it's a lot of work for us. We love doing it for you, but it's a we've got small some new audience, ideas. Right, it's a small audience. <laughs> sure. Um, so we've got some ideas, and if an audience presents itself, if people want to be interested in in going for our Patreon, we will be more than happy to start it back up. But it's. Uh, it is a labor of love as this whole podcast is, yep. but it has,
0: uh, <laughs> uh we're going to pause. Ben, we're just going to pause. It's been stressful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to pause for now. So yeah. there's some other stuff that will be coming in the main feed. Uh, beyond by the time you hear this, we will have charged you the last time for Patreon. Thank you for your support. Uh, at the mm-hmm. same time, we'll be reaching out to you, uh, to get some information from you specifically your mailing address and, um, probably your t-shirt size uh so hint hint Oh yeah. you can infer from that whatever you like um but truly from the bottom of our hearts thank you for your support we appreciate you showing up for us we're going to continue showing up for you we're just going to do it in some different ways with some other ideas and we look forward to sharing that with you in the future
1: yeah thank you for especially the the core people that are still here for pretty much being patrons from the beginning ride
0: or die right
1: yeah, especially our friend in Canada, who uh, is a newer Patreon member, I believe.
0: Uh, I mean, I mean yeah, not not from the start, but he he been been here a long time. So, um, yeah, uh you know, it's it's a it's a good crew. It's a good crew of folks we got.
1: It's a good crew. We're, uh, we're very lucky. F- yes, thank you. So, um,
0: sp- specifically. Thank you, Matta, Jason, Joey, Patrick Patrick, David, Mark, Chuck, Will. Thank you all. Thank you. So speaking of thanks, music for our podcast comes to us from two places. Our theme song is Take a Chance by Kevin McLeod. You can find his music at Incompetech.com. Our beer music is Feather Duster by Shane Ivers. Find his music at silvermansound.com.
1: That might have been the best fucking pivot you've ever done.
0: thank you. Thank you, sir. I salute you, sir. Thank you, sir.
1: (laughs) Get it right here at the end. That's (laughs) right. All right. Uh, So that'll do it for the Superpod Cast for this time being. Season of Patreon, yeah. For Todd Paddock, I'm Casey Ryan.
0: For Casey Ryan, I'm Todd Paddock. And I've been your moderator, Dan Ryan. Be heroic. Be heroic. All right. Uh,
1: it seems like this is a job for Charles hey Oh Jesus, hang on. Let me get that clean. Yeah, yeah. I ha- I, listen, uh, I need to prove it. I have not drank a whole <laughs> lot have not. of this beer. No, that's true. I literally just stumbled. <laughs>